Coming to you from our quarantine bunkers deep in the flyover states, we reviewed NXT Season 3. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast. Welcome to the show. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast, episode 233. I'm DP. And I'm Tony G. DP, this week for the people, we went back to 2010 for the third season of NXT. Yes. My God. My head still hurts. This is... This is... This is certainly something. I'll say that. Gone are the days of an NXT class that they had plans for everybody and making the the Nexus. And then the second year where they're like, well, we don't really have any plans, but we'll be able to figure something out with these guys. (laughs) Now they're just like, all right, maybe women will make people watch. Let's try that. Yeah, it's it's rough, rough stuff. Yeah, it's NXT, um, (laughs) September 7th, 2010, and November 2nd of 2010. The first episode and the wedding episode. Yes, that's right, folks. A wedding episode. Yeah, we're doing the very first episode. Then two months later, the the wedding episode, like you said. And we get a little bit of everything in that second episode. Very excited to talk about it. But the reason that we're talking about it is because this is a wrestling review podcast. Each week, Tony and I get together. We discuss an event that we agreed to watch the previous week. It's kind of like the Oprah's Book Club, but for wrestling nerds. For any and all information about the show, links to all of our social media stuff, you can check out goldenagepodcast.com. And if you feel the need to express yourself further, if it's a little longer, more involved, you can send us an email, goldenagegrappling at gmail.com. Yeah. Please do so. Reach out. Let us know what you uh, have to say. We want to thank, I want to thank uh, John Fuchs. Yes. I hate to say the name wrong, but thanks for the shout yeah, out. You got and, one of those uh, last names that it's like, it either sounds like a curse word or it doesn't. Right. Generally, they don't, but every once in a while, someone goes with the curse word pronunciation. <laughs> Die on the side of that it doesn't, but um, <laughs> thank you for um, mentioning that you listen, and uh, we're happy to uh, do anything we can to make your day a little better. Oh, so. very kind, very kind words from him, kind of putting us and two other podcasts as, as his top three. So I was appreciative yeah. of that. So always Absolutely. nice to hear. So, yeah, again, reach out. Let Praise us know if you'd like to hear us talk about something specifically, John or anyone else out there. We're always. Oh yeah. We do take requests, and not spoil them what we're watching next week, but just a heads up, it will be a request that we're watching next week. So This is true. It's a little tease for the end if you want to stick around. So now that brings us to, uh, before we can jump into the time travel portion, let's take a little bite of the now, Tony. Let's let's, let's look at the current world of wrestling with the segment we call the Sid Vicious Dishes. With this look on my face, it was something that was given to me because of people like you. See, he's going to stereotype me. It's the big dumb guy. And I have half the brain that you do. My disposition is not something I was born with. It's something I was acquired because people like you. <laughs> because you are feared of me. Well, all the skeptics and all the people have a little bit. Of, let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry. All right, Tony. What are we? Uh, what are we talking about this week? 
We're talking about contract signings. And um, not of the typical brand with, that involve a pay-per-view match that devolves into a brawl. Um, we're talking about <laughs> legitimate contract signings, and one probably not so legitimate, but I thought it was interesting anyway. Um, big news following what we had talked about last week with um, Eddie Kingston appearing on Dynamite and having a oh, great yeah. TNT title match. Because um, this officially is also made... <clears throat> what? This is also coming off the the heels of us taking our once once yearly talk about uh, TNA, where they also signed a whole bunch of people as well. This is the, the season oh, for well, contract yeah. signings, if you will. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. But who cares about those guys? Um, but Eddie <laughs> Kingston is all elite. That yeah. was made official this week. So awesome news there for one of the hardest working guys on the independent circuit. Um, someone that probably should have been on television at least a decade ago. Yeah, um, but. Definitely. Happy to see that he's going to get a chance with AEW. It's just incredible the way that you know WWE is so about family and family values and 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 having second oh, and third God. generation people that they wouldn't get Kofi's brother on the roster by now. Oh, it's just amazing. I know. But it's no, just disgusting. No, I'm I'm super happy to see Eddie Kingston get signed. Like we said last week, it was exciting having him on the show. Just having the show start with him with a mic in his hand was interesting and intriguing, and you know. It brought some of that edge, ed, not not the word edgy, but just that that edge of your seat feeling of I don't know what this guy's even going to be talking about here. Uh, let's let's find out. Yeah, absolutely no, and I think that that uh, it sets itself up nicely for a whole host of possible matchups, and you know him oh, and yeah. Moxley would be a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. those guys fight. Yeah, so excited to see what the future holds for Eddie Kingston and AEW. Well, um, you, you'll you'll want to see him against Moxley. You'll want to see him against Omega, and we'll probably end up watching him against Michael Nakazawa and against Pineapple Pete. And <laughs> right. Well, you know, hey, if that's how it starts off, that's okay. <laughs> um, we also had another debut on Dynamite, as in the uh, post-match melee of Cody and Warhorse. The Dark Order ran to the ring. Warhorse pushed Cody out of the way and was beaten down. And then none other than Matt Cardona, don't call me Zack Ryder himself. <laughs> they can't even say I'm from Long Island anymore. We- <laughs> right. We, he can't be he's none of those things anymore. Oh. Chelsea Green's boyfriend showed up in AEW. He's he's either been eating steak for three meals a day or someone found an HGH container. Like that that dude is jacked. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, no, he's he went bigger than huge. he's ever been. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's absolutely monstrous. When uh, he first came out, I didn't, I didn't recognize him, and they were like Matt Cardona. I was like, that name sounds familiar, but I still don't know it. And then, like, <laughs> when he did the double points, I was like, oh, right. it's Zack Ryder. What the fuck is yeah. he doing here? But yeah, he's like, yeah, some broad-shouldered tan guy. I mean, you have to be a little more specific in AEW. Where on the spectrum of styles of debut are you on post-match run-in for the save? Uh, uh, sudden debut because it doesn't necessarily feel to me like this was a big deal. It didn't feel special, <laughs> you know, like because no. Jim Ross is just like, hey, what, what's he doing here? Like it was just, <laughs> and he, he kind of walked out like he didn't <laughs> run out. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, because I also feel like this is literally going to be like the quickest swerve in wrestling lately like they're in a tag team match next week i feel like it's gonna fall apart immediately yeah and then the next week they're gonna have a tnt title match like (laughs) i'm 
I'm not sure they're going to slow play this. So that may have been why he wasn't in a huge hurry to save the day. No, because it also felt like the most, like, significance they gave him was when, I think it was, I can't remember, it might have been Excalibur or Tony Schiavone pointed out that, because they were talking about debuting in Walmart this week, the AEW uh, action figures. Yeah, so if it wasn't Excalibur this week, then it was Tony Schiavone. But Tony Schiavone pointed out, oh, yeah, and we just signed a guy that knows a whole lot about action figures. <laughs> so, like, uh, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. The uh, WWE mid-card circa 2007 to 2009 um, have all officially found homes in the wrestling world at this point, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this, honestly, you know, as much as I, I do enjoy him and I see the value that he has... Because mm-hmm. I've, it's been so long that I've, you know, I've never seen him in anything but the WWE style production, and the one that surprises me the most is Heath Slater. Like it's just like when that, when that was like that was that, and like they're like, all right, go out there and cut yourself a promo. It's like that's how we're doing this one. <laughs> yeah. Like that one surprised me the most. But anyway, so yeah, um, excited Cody's about these AEW Zach. guys. What's that? I said I'm excited about Eddie Kingston. Um, I don't yeah. know that I'm super excited about the the Matt Cardona future, but maybe they'll maybe they'll figure something out and they'll entice me. Well, and I haven't wanted to be a negative Nancy, and that's why when you brought up the Impact signings, I kind of made a joke because you know I don't want to be a negative Nancy about things. <laughs> yeah, but it's just funny to see these fans of these companies be like Kurt Hawkins. We got we got Kurt <laughs> Hawkins and Impact. It's like, yeah, that's that's cool. You mean yeah. the guy that was on like a year-long losing streak on the WWE television? Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, good luck with that. You know, I just <laughs> none of those have exactly excited me. Like the Impact Homers kind of yeah. getting the come, like the comeback. That's all good. Eric Young and stuff like mm-hmm. that'll be fine. But yeah, I'm just I don't know how I hap- how like stoked I'm gonna be to see No Way Jose pop up in in somebody's company here in the coming months, you know? <laughs> well, they did specifically mention they didn't sign Noe Jose on TV. Yeah, I saw so. that Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> um, and then the last contract signing I wanted to talk about, and this one just kind of cracked me up, um, was FTR making it official with AEW. I thought and, uh, I thought for sure you were going to talk about Carmen here, or whatever her name was. Carmen. Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> oh, yes. I was so excited. We we discussed I, more of the Cameron thing in the current wrestling without realizing it should have been part of this. <laughs> this right. Yeah, she's back. Yay. Um, but FTR contract signing. Tony Schiavone was there for no reason at all. <laughs> they even like laugh about it afterwards with Jr. About like, oh, great job there, Tony, because he just sits there. Um, but Arn Anderson would join Dax and Cash. Yeah, at their signing. Um, with that's, another unnamed lady across the table, I don't remember what her what her job was. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting development there. And they, of course, first asked, "Did you get your signing bonuses up front?" And they said, "Yep, they got their signing bonuses." Um, and then also in FTR matches, and this will make Jr. happy because he's been old man moaning about it lately on his podcast. But we got there's going to be the <laughs> ten second rule when it comes to yeah. double teaming. Oh. And they're going to have the tag team rope exclusively required <laughs> in FTR matches. Yeah, so it's like Ravens rules, but the opposite. Right, but they're just going to actually be enforcing rules that already exist. <laughs> what FTR got in their contract. Yeah. And um, they also will be hosting a tag team appreciation night on August 12th. 
Oh, okay. I don't know what that means, but that was another thing that they were very adamant about in their contract. So, yeah, we got FTR here fighting for their tag team rules and their matchups, and Arn Anderson appearing to be advising them in. So, all right. And of I've, course, Adam Page showed up at the end with a bottle of whiskey and poured shots for everybody and poured like an entire glass of whiskey for himself. <laughs> And then he totally couldn't, like, finish it, and they were getting <laughs> shit about it. So. Like, for that sort of a thing, why are you not, like, putting iced tea in that shit and just well, chugging it I for the television? I it was iced tea, but then the, when I noticed he could, he was, like, not going to be able to finish that. I was like, ah, maybe that is fucking whiskey. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, Adam Page is also oddly, you know, mixed into this whole thing. You know, could Arn completely, you know, shy away from Cody? You know, You're too flashy for my style of wrestling, Cody. I well, need a... in, the, in the ways that you know, Arn's been kind of upset with Cody yeah, these last few weeks. Yeah, you know, maybe Paige is the guy that Arn would be more interested in. So wait, so if it was Paige and FTR, who's the fourth? I still think it could be Sean Spears. Sean Spears, yeah, that would make sense. I mean, he's literally doing Barry Windham's gimmick <laughs> with the. <laughs> With the black glove and stuff. So. You're like, he, they just got him in warm-up mode, just waiting. Right. He's throwing yeah, he's, in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, he has totally Blanchard as a manager. So, but Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. They, Of course, they couldn't be the four horsemen, but they would come up yeah. with some some play on the name, I'm sure. They're like, we're not allowed to say the number that we are, so we're the, <laughs> the D we, group. Are they, are they legally allowed to even hold up four fingers? <laughs> Probably I don't know. Not. Probably not. I mean, the Bucks got a cease and desist over the fucking... Ah, that's true. Too sweet, so... Very true. All right, so that's yeah, uh, the current true. world with contract signings, real or kayfabe. In, yes, uh, very true, yes. In AEW there. Uh, so that now brings us to our time travel portion of the show. We got to head back to September of 2010 for our first episode, and I've got four things to get us there. Four! Four things time capsule. The four things are number one on September twelfth. Tony, the MTV Video Music Awards took place, and I've just uh, the last few times that these have happened during one of our shows. It's been fun to kind of look and see who was the winners. Um, so 20, I thought we would do that here. So two thousand and ten. Can you guess? Just one of the two. So there were two artists that got almost all the awards. Can you guess one <laughs> of the two? Oh, this is the music show, not the movie one? Video Music Awards. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, that name's always kind of confusing. It's for me. music it's like, videos, yes. Right, so so 2010, the bigger... I mean, I'm just going to, like, go for yeah, low-hanging Just go big names on male and female side. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say uh, Taylor Swift and Drake. Man, it's like if you just took both those names and shifted to the right a little bit. Uh, Lady Gaga and Eminem. <laughs> Uh, where the two <laughs> that took like almost all the awards. Um, I was a little bit. I'm I'm a, I'm a little early on that Drake Taylor Swift party, aren't I? I think so, yeah. I think like maybe the next year or the year after. Uh, yeah, video of the year went to Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. Uh, oh, Bad okay. Romance won everything it could possibly win for: best direction, choreography, women's video, pop video, dance video, editing, and then she all Lady Gaga won separately her best collaboration for Telephone with Beyonce. And I saw one of her other videos, Video Phone, also made one of the awards uh, lists as far as nominations. So it was a big year for Lady Gaga. Eminem, on the other side, his video, Not Afraid, was the one that got Ah. him Best Male Video, uh, as well as a few other awards on the male side. Best New Artist went to Justin Bieber with Baby. 
So that's kind um, of a, a tell of the times. Okay. Um, and then, like, because Lady Gaga took up, like, everything, uh, the few other winners, the Black Keys won the best breakthrough for Tighten Up, and Florence Thanks. and the Machine won best art direction for Dog Days Are Over. The dog Days Are Over! Oh. I mean, it's not a bad God. song. We've got it in our, in our library at work. But, no, it's uh, not a bad song. It's one of those songs that also, like, every police hit. That it needs to end about twenty five to thirty yes. seconds before it does. Yeah, it's like four minutes and fifty seconds, and it should be like three fifty. But yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. See, year music and like the years. It's just it's funny. Like it's I'm I'm up. You know, I like everybody. I think you're everybody up to a point, and it's usually like about your high school age. Yeah, you kind of have a good correlation with like artists and years, and then it all is just. <laughs> like after that, like I, it's really it's I, hard to distinguish. I, my problem is I go through phases of being like obsessed with like listening and searching for new music, and then just not paying attention at all. So like 2012, 2013, I know a ton of music, and, uh, and I've okay. got all these albums from those years, even though it's you know seven years after I got out of high school. But like, there's mm-hmm. a big chunk of my favorites that are right in that those two years, and then like five years after that, I just ignored everything. <laughs> <laughs> like right. Just recently, I started looking again. Uh, but yeah. So number two, on September 17th of 2010, the 54-year run of the soap opera As the World Turns ended mm. with its final episode being broadcast. Sad, sad day for As the World Turns. Um, soap operas are one of those things where I can very easily see the appeal. And I think it's probably my wrestling fandom that also... Yes. Because... What so at sometimes my work allows me to be stationary and I have the view of televisions and mm-hmm. I General Hospital is one that I see <laughs> mostly in silence but with subtitles okay. sometimes. And I'll just sit there and I'll catch myself after a couple of minutes of like actually paying attention to it and being like it because it's just it's mind blowing. Like yeah. you kinda think, Oh, it's just some show about a hospital and like, no, there's like kidnappings and there's murder mystery and there's like <laughs> paternity situation. like there's just yeah. it, and that's every episode you know what I mean? it's not yes. like they don't just do like one it's story constant a week. drama it's amazing how there are like 12 characters with yeah. just like whacked out <laughs> interwoven like storylines and these people do this shit on a you know like next week they're on to the next yeah, they, like, they they have like three days of shooting. Sister, you know. Yeah, they have three days to like get the script and shoot it, and then it's on TV. Like, like so the, the the wrestling fan in me appreciates kind of all those concurrent yeah. angle storylines. No going days on off. With so many different characters, you know. Absolutely, uh, but yeah. So that ended there as the world turns. Other ones still yeah. live on. Uh, number three, taking a look at the world of cinema on August sixth, releasing in America was the other guys making two hundred twenty five million dollars. A good movie. Also, uh, a movie that I've been told is the greatest film to be released in in three D. Um, I think it was I think it was Paul Shear and maybe Patton Oswalt discussing it at some point on Twitter or something that I saw. They're like, this was the movie that they go back to and use their three D TV for. Step Up three D released, making one hundred eighty five million dollars. And like everyone that I've heard talk about it talks about it positively if they've watched it. Like I've never seen it, but okay. I mean, to. to- Owning a 3D television just so you can go watch Step Up 3D. Well, not just so you can, but that being the big benefit of now because (laughs) nothing else is coming out anymore. 
Right. All right. Uh, August 13th, Eat, Pray, Love released, making $247 million. Like, everything made a lot of money this year, by the way. Man, everyone's just like, let's go to the movie theater, folks. Oh, yeah. $247 million for Eat, Pray, Love. I have no memory of that one. The I Expendables uh, came out, making $345 million. Those, those were fun. That was a fun time. The first one, I'll give... Yeah, I, I, everyone should have gone and seen the first one. Once it got to like the second and third, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. Well, at that point, you're strictly there for like the cameos. You know, yeah. You're just like, yep. oh, shit, it's Chuck Norris. You know, and then, like, that's kind of the best part. Uh, and then the, the loser of the weekend and of... It's time in theaters, sadly. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World released, only making $76 million. Uh Should have made a lot more than that, but... This is why, the Expendables was know, out, so. Yeah, this is why we don't have nice things. Like, you people <laughs> can't, you, know, you didn't go see Tenacious D's movie. You didn't go see Scott. There's been all these gems that have just been ignored. Scott Pilgrim, too, is one of those I've been really happy to see, like, the momentum it's picked up. In a, On the 10-year anniversary? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just, they just had the, the whole, like, cast do the watch along with Edgar yep. Wright and, like, do the commentary during it and stuff. And, uh, because it's also another one of those things where if people that don't know about it, they, like, come across it. It's loaded as far as like from a star standpoint too. Yeah, you know? every character that turns around into the camera, you're like, oh, I know that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's one of those movies that I remember. It's one of my favorite theater experiences, like of all time. And I've gone That's and a seen one. a lot of movies in the theaters, but that was one that I that was a lot of fun because I went in pretty much without any real idea like what to expect. Yeah, I knew that it was like, based. On this like comic book that I'd seen some right. of the art style from, but I didn't ever take time to read it or anything, and yeah. so yeah, I knew very little as well. But I just remember the opening credits, and like that was I was completely sucked in at that point, you know. Yeah. When you get the opening credits with the band playing in the living room mm-hmm. and the, the zoomed out shot, and I mean, it was just for sure. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, I love that movie, and if you haven't watched it, definitely go check it out. Uh, August 18th, in the last week, we'll talk about uh, Vampire Suck came out. Do you remember that movie? It made I mean, $93 million. It made $20 million more than Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, by the way. Again, this is why we don't deserve <laughs> nice things. Like, the thing about like those movies, listen, they bled that thing dry. Like, that yes. kind of movie... They got everything they could out of it, and they beat that horse beyond death. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, no, I can't get into Vampire Suck. Uh, Piranha 3D released that same weekend. It made $94 million, as well as the, uh, I think it was maybe Ryan Reynolds, Jason Bateman movie, The Switch. Oh, God. Yeah, I think With I remember J-Lo that one. J-Lo or someone else? I don't know. I don't remember that. Yeah, I just remember there was one of those, like... Oh, you're so cool! I wish I could be you. And then oh, no, Jason this, Bateman woke up and like he was Ryan Reynolds. I believe something. this is the one where the the sperm donor gets swapped. With, oh, like oh, with, like the friend yeah, character okay. of Jason Bateman, like instead of the model guy that she wanted to get the sperm from, like. Okay. If I remember right. right, but I might be wrong on that. It's been no, a long no, I time. Think you are. Yeah. No. It was. Yeah. You. I think you're right. Also in movie news, on September 6th, because since we're going to November, I figured I'd mention this, The King's Speech, directed by Tom Hooper, starring Colin Firth, premiered at the film festival in Telluride. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it would go on to win Best Picture in 2011. Yeah, and uh, revigorate Colin Firth's career for at least a couple years. I haven't really seen him much lately. Yeah. <laughs> 
Number four, taking a look at the musical side of pop culture, we look to that bastion of musical stardom, the Billboard Hot 100 charts, Tony. We're at the very top, and it's 10th week on the charts, is a name we've already mentioned here today. Uh, Eminem teaming up with Rihanna for his song, Love the Way You Lie. I'm Superman with the wind in his back. She's my slain, but when it's bad, it's awful. I feel so ashamed. I snap. Who's that to? I don't even know his name. I laid hands on him. I never scoop so low again. I guess I don't know my own strength. Just gonna There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, solid song that has lived on in commercial and movie <laughs> and TV. And I think, didn't WWE well, use this song at some point? Yeah. Yeah. At some point, WWE used that song for sure. Um, do you know the music video for this song? Have you ever watched oh, it? Oh, no. I no. I know I you don't not. usually like keep up with that stuff. It stars Charlie from Lost and Megan Fox as like the two characters Dominic Monaghan. It's a big like it's it's a big production. Like I was pretty impressed when I was watching it. Just on the topic of like random like star power in a music video that I had no memory of, and it's a song I've listened to a million times. Mm -hmm. Um, Like uh, Johnny Depp is in the Tom Petty song, the one about Into the Great Wide Open. Okay, the one about you know the, the couple that went to Hollywood and they you know whatever like. But Johnny Depp is just like in that music video. And it came out in like the early '90s. I think he probably at that point was okay. probably just about to become really, really famous. So nice. That's interesting. Yeah, just don't even realize these, these star power sometimes in those music videos. Absolutely. So that brings us now to the start of the third season of this weird NXT thing that they started up after they ended ECW. Where the first year, like I said, they had a, a bunch of guys that they seemingly had ideas and plans for. At least they had come up with a, a storyline for everybody to join into at the very yeah, to then a season to guys that they seemingly weren't 100% sure about, but they had, you know, a good pedigree, so they figured they'd be able to figure something out. And then now we have the Diva Search season. I mean, should we be surprised that they didn't take this seriously and they didn't put any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not shocking that in 2010 this was treated with a very small bit of respect. The other thing that surprised me, though, looking back at some of the, like, cause, because it's in 2010, we've got, like, current day articles and people talking about the thing, mm-hmm. things that are happening week to week. I found yeah. on Wrestling Inc., which uh, was attributing PWI Insider, or PW Insider, as the source. Um, mm-hmm. On August 31st of 2010, wrote this under the headline, Major News and Spoilers, saying, The current plan is to introduce the Season 3 rookies tonight during the Season 2 finale of NXT, it looks like they will then bring in rookie divas as a way to boost the ratings. There are numerous new rookies backstage at today's TV tapings in Albany, New York. The series will finish up on October 1st, which will give them five episodes to complete the third season in. The final episode will serve as the lead-in for the debut of SmackDown on Sci-Fi. At this time, mm. WWE is looking to either move the show to WWE.com, or if they cannot secure another home, they may incorporate the show into Raw and SmackDown. WWE's problem with finding a new home for NXT is that they want to go to another cable network, but they're only allowed to use NBC Universal Umbrella Networks, which makes it a challenge for them. So, 
That is that was the plan the week before this all got started. By the time this first show airs, we'll hear Matt Stryker say it's going to be four weeks till our first elimination. So oh. they have decided we've got to make this longer very quickly. Oh, dude, such torture! Like I can't. And you'll hear it from the announcers <laughs> by that second episode, like because it, it's so slow with the eliminations. Like yeah. they pick up after that, but um, it's just amazing. It also I can't. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Like, sci-fi didn't just run this somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, this I that's the other thing. So so these first couple episodes, these first four, are on sci-fi, and mm-hmm. then it ends in October, and the, the show just goes to the internet. So we're going to kind of get a taste of the way that the WWE produces a television show versus yeah. their early internet shows here <laughs> just in tonight's uh, examples. Well, because didn't this NXT, didn't this just fill the ECW hole on sci-fi yeah but but sci-fi wasn't happy with that because when they bought the ecw brand they were promised this extreme brand that was different and its own thing and then it became just another brand and it was doing badly in the ratings that was crap because i found another article talking about how sci-fi was really excited to get smackdown because it's always done well on terrestrial television but so but yeah that brings us to september 7th of 2010 for the uh the first episode of season three. We were just coming off the last episode of season two that saw Caval, I believe, <laughs> yeah. pick up the victory over Michael McGillicuddy. I think you're right. I forgot Michael McGillicuddy was the runner-up in that year. Or was it Alex Ry- R- Alex I- A. Rye? Oh, goodness. That that whole, I mean, there was just nonstop uh, you know, Hall of Famers in that class. So. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, man. But the best part about this beginning is that we start because we've gotten a new cast. We have a new theme song, Tony, because it's girls. So the theme Uh, has to be new now. Um, Are you a fan of this song, Rainfall? God, no. (laughs) Take a listen. It's all like, over again. Like the, the other problem is that WWE always does that thing to songs yeah. where they don't play it from the beginning. They play it from like the spot they want to start at. Yes. And they only play like a 25 second loop of that song. So yep. the song in its entirety, I wasn't probably going to like in any way, but <laughs> to then have to hear that fucking chorus over and over. And it's also like, it's it's not like some of the song is at least is somewhat of like a description of like how you're promoting and selling your women at this time. Yeah, they're strong and they're sexy and they're yeah. powerful. But then the chorus is <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Like about you make the rainfall. Uh, like I just I feel like you could have come up with anything that was a bit a little bit more like relatable to this pro wrestling competition show we have going on. Instead. Yeah, they're making the rainfall, and I don't understand. Like the verse <laughs> leading up to that, 
at least kind of plays to the show yeah. and what they're trying to sell. That's I, f- <laughs> I feel like they heard that one phrase, and then when it wasn't <laughs> offensive in the chorus, they're like, yeah, this right. is it. This is the, this is the song. <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah, Ugh. Kevin Rudolph. Gee, surprised he hasn't gone on to have a wildly successful career. <laughs> so during the intro, we reveal all the rookies except for one. We learn that Vicky has a mystery rookie here, at least in this first episode. Um, but we're going to get introductory segments, so I figured I'll wait to announce all the names here. But Which is also kind of double annoying. <laughs> because, like, I sat there, I was like, oh, I better make note of all these pros and their rookies <laughs> and listen to this fucking song three times in a row. And then I was like, you guys are really going to spend the first ten minutes yeah. just having these people walk out? God. Yeah, so Michael Cole welcomes us to Season 3 and says, for the first time ever, all rookie divas will compete to be the next breakout star. That's the new term we're using for the winner of this this thing. It's not that you compete for a contract, because we're probably going to give a contract to most of these women, but they're going to be the next breakout star. All but one. All but one of these women. <laughs> oh, but then... Early on here, Cole announces that his partner here is Josh Matthews, and immediately he just starts going after Josh. Josh Matthews in ringside. I am so excited for this season, and I know you are because you get to learn how to be a diva. That's funny. One word to describe NXT Season 3. It's certainly going to be entertaining. That's as much as they can promise anything. And, and I hate this company so much when they key in on something like a word like entertaining. Yeah. That's like the Sesame Street word of this episode. <laughs> I don't know what's going like. There's this odd emphasis on the word entertaining throughout yep. this show. I don't know because what's because going they on. know they cannot promise any good wrestling from this group of women. <laughs> like some of these girls will right. learn to be good, very good wrestlers. None of right, them can right. right now. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, AJ <laughs> knows what she's doing, but that's probably about it. Yeah, um, but we learned that those two are our announcers, but we actually have a host, and that's Matt Stryker. So as if it couldn't be any worse. Like, yeah. oh, at least we didn't get Matt. St- oh nope, nope, there he is, Matt Stryker. <sighs> so Matt Stryker introduces the pros, who then come out and they will each introduce their rookies, who then come out and then the announcers will tell us stupid, obnoxious things about each of them. I, I always want to know the thought process that goes into these pairings. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why on so many of these? I just have a why as my like. How did this happen? Why is this happening? Well, be- I first, think the first one immediately. I was like, "Why?" Well, because they they feel the need to make these pros women because we've got divas now, but they they well, don't want to make fine. them all women. But it seems right. like they couldn't quite like talk enough people into it because we get like the weird like bottom barrel divas division here. Kelly Kelly is yeah, our first is pro. Yeah, who introduces the sassy, fun, and feisty Naomi. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like your very typical like sorority head sister, like introducing their one yes. black member, like <laughs> their other friends. This is uh, Naomi. Oh, uh, isn't she fun and sassy? And yeah, it's it's like why is Kelly? Ke- if anything, Kelly Kelly could probably learn a lot from Naomi. Like there's there's nothing for yeah. Naomi to learn from Kelly. Ke- and when I mean, you get on the second rope, you put your arm up like this, <laughs> Naomi. And I mean, that's what, yeah. You know. I, that kind of was what I was going through my head as we were watching the entrances of them. Like when they come out for their match later on, that was really going through my mind. Like, did Kelly Kelly have any like 
moment when she pulled her aside and was like, really gave her some good advice about like the backstage politics or how to deal listen with something. Here, listen here, kid. I'm going to tell you about how the politics work in yeah, this company. Yeah, or, or was it just like, oh, hey, all right, so did you get the script what we're doing? All right, let's go. What's Kelly at this point? Like 22 years old? I mean, she debuted with ECW, so she's been around for as long as ECW was around. Because I just remember when she came in, she was like 19 or 20 years old. Yeah. So yeah, she was very young when they started. But so just, again, just hilarious. Like Cole Kelly. tells us that Naomi sings, she dances, she raps, and has performed on the Ellen DeGeneres show as well as was a <laughs> dancer for Flo Rida. Which holy shit, it was Naomi's fault that Flo Rida became involved with WWE for like seven yeah. years after this. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Naomi. You brought Flo Rida <laughs> with you. Um, the thing that cracks me up about this. Is Cole and Matthews are actually kind of entertaining on these shows a little bit just because they give each other so much shit. Yeah. But later on, like they pre- Cole pressures Josh Matthews about like fun facts about Naomi, and Josh Matthews just literally goes back and recites yes. this exact like <laughs> line of information about her later on. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. She are- sings. She dances. She raps. Yeah. Th- later on, when he when he specifically says how she raps. He mm-hmm. says she raps and she danced for Flow Rider. I was like, that's not, those don't connect, you know that, right? Like, because you dance for a rapper doesn't mean that you do rap. Like, do you know that she raps? I'm very curious now. Um, oh, man. Yeah, then it's time for our second group of, of pros. Oh, God. Yeah, the Bella Twins. <laughs> so, already off to a bad start. Oh. Um, but they introduce maybe my favorite contestant of any <laughs> NXT. <laughs> In the history of the NXT competition show. Okay. Jamie, the previous ring announcer of NXT, Jamie is going to give it a shot here. Yeah. And nobody has clued Jamie in on how any of this worked. (laughs) She thinks she is on, like, Miss America. Oh, yeah. No, I, I just I, I took it that she was just using those skills to her advantage and just didn't right. know how to do the rest of it. But yeah, she, she is on like another planet, like <laughs> on this whole episode. And I, by the end of this, I just end up I'm just feeling bad for her because it's like oh, yeah. everybody else kind of seems to be clued in to what they're doing and yes. maybe actually have an interest in being pro wrestlers. And I feel like Jamie was just like spotted outside on the sidewalk like <laughs> walking out of a starbucks and they were like you you be on our competition show because uh, yeah we're it's hilarious we're told that she likes yoga and twilight and cold jokes that you and you know hey josh you and uh you, you and jamie have a lot in common she likes twilight and matthews just goes i love twilight and like that's yeah. the end of that <laughs> uh, josh matthews cuts cole off all the time on that kind of shit yeah cole Tries to be obnoxious about that, and Matthew's just like, yeah, no, I love it. Oh, man. Then here comes Primo, everybody's favorite professional wrestler. Uh, this was when I was like, this is just sad. Like, <laughs> uh, this is the, you are going to, not not like Primo and Epico, or no. Primo and Carlito. Yeah. No, no. Just Primo. Just, just Primo. Yeah, and he comes out and says his rookie is small, but she's really good. Uh, here comes AJ, we haven't given her the last name yet, just AJ. And AJ writes poetry, screenplays, and novels. And then Matthews chimes in with, but the really important thing is she likes comic books and video games. And I was just like, well, I guess all these things are true, but when you guys put them like that, it sounds so lame and like 
Well, because he, he has to play into his the whole Cole <laughs> calling him a nerd narrative, so mm-hmm. he's just playing his part at that point. True. No, but it just also feels like what corporate WWE wants to make sure we know about this character. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the most generic on the nose things about like you know why you should like this person. Yes. Oh man! Then here comes Alicia Fox. She's going to be one of our other pros. <laughs> pros and apostrophes. Um, Alicia Fox would introduce Maxine. Yeah. Who's kind of trying to be like business lady thing, I guess. I think so. The The announcers sure don't exactly know what to say about her because they literally are just like, she's ice cold, she's very defined, and exudes confidence. I was like, what does that even mean? And by the second episode we watched, Michael Cole's in love with her. So I'm not sure yeah. exactly well, what she's doing. I will say, compared, like, when you compare her performance in this first episode to the, to that episode two months from now, like, it's obvious that she's gotten much more comfortable. Oh, yeah. Well, months. she ends up getting a job, you know. Yeah, you know, she gets a lot better because her performance here in this first one, I, I was like, oh, man, this girl's done. Uh, well, but- <laughs> this whole thing is just leaving him out to dry, but yeah. That's very true. Yeah, then we have Goldust, who comes out, and uh, he premieres us with our next star, Oksana. And uh, we learn that she is Miss Fitness International, extremely independent, vicious, and imaginative. (laughs) What is that? Like, like, really independent. Like, what does that even mean? Like... (laughs) How am I, I supposed mean, to take that? Now that we've seen the end of our second episode we're watching, maybe that's them foreshadowing the fact that she's not going to be right. want to be with a man? Also, isn't it just amazing that here we are in 2010, and Dustin Rhodes is, like, barely hanging on to a job and is a coach on the third season of NXT, you know? Yeah. Just to where he, you know, not saying he's, yeah. like, a, a top star of AEW, but just it's amazing how, how much more gas he had in the tank you know, absolutely. Here they are. In, here they are in 2010, already trying to shuffle him out the door, pretty much. Which, honestly, though, like with the stuff that he's doing here, he also seems like the only person that cares about what he's oh, doing yeah. on this show. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's so much like he's the only one that cares. He's the only one that's capable of making you care, or of that might making, be, yeah. or pulling off any kind of a performance that is also putting over his rookie. Definitely, he does a better job of that than anybody. Absolutely. And Alicia, Alicia Fox and Kelly Kelly are out here like this is their new tag team partner. It's like, no, that, no, you, you, that's, you need, you're managing her anyway. Yeah. So. But here and, comes and, uh, yeah. Vicky Guerrero, who's going to introduce her last uh, rookie. So, I wanted I wanted to make sure to play that whole thing because really pay attention to that crowd. There's a lot of crowd noise going on on this show, and I feel like some of it is sweetened for sure. Um, but even though, even with that sweetening, though, you can hear like kids like yelling in reaction to the things that are being said. In this, in two months, sure. we're not even going to have that at that point. <laughs> no. no, they they beat the crowd into submission by the by <laughs> that point on the show. Uh, yeah, you know, just before we move on. So Aloisa, yes, the 
young lady that Vicky Guerrero is referring to did appear on the uh, the, last the, week. The, the season two finale when they introduced everybody. And um, her real name is Lindsay K. Howard. She was uh, she's wrestled as Isis the Amazon. And um, in 2013, she was certified as being the tallest actress in a leading role, um, standing at six foot nine inches. Okay. So, and at the time that this show had been going on, because she's still to th- today, she's only 32 years old, and so she was about 21 or 22 years old whenever she was originally going to be on this. Um, Dude, I, yeah, I, saw, I I looked up the images of her. She is impressive, gigantic. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's, and I don't know. I'm not going to say like I went, I didn't dig. I guess maybe super deep. Yeah, but nothing on the surface about what happened here. Huh. Other than it may have been a case of at that size, I don't know if she would have been able to like bump. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe she wasn't. They were like, look, you're going to hurt somebody. At the, We got to really teach you from the ground. Because <laughs> she had a bit of a wrestling career after this, but it doesn't okay. ever seem like she did anything too much like full time. Gotcha. And it makes me, makes me think that maybe at her size, like that could have been problematic, not just for her, but like you said, for the other people she would have been in the ring with. So I, I don't know. It's a, that's a it's a quick turnaround, and yeah. it's also amazing to me that there was a time that Caitlyn wasn't going to be a part of this. Well, that's the like, thing is like this feels like a, a she would have been the, like a first round draft pick. I feel like whenever I, if I was putting this show together, you and know? the way that they make Caitlyn's like character so much different than everyone else, like mm-hmm. it feels like this this was what everything's designed around. Like they're like, oh man, we're gonna you know. We'll have this fake out. We'll have Vicky do a last second debut. It'll be like a mystery. It'll be this big thing. And then all of a sudden this character, this, you know, she's distinct from everyone else for the crowd. Like there's all these reasons why this should be your, then your focus of the, the, the whole season. But it's like, that's not their plan. They just, like you said, they have, they had to fire someone apparently for whatever reason. And then this is just the, the make good. But it is impressive though, that if that, if this wasn't the plan all along, because Kaylin's one of the only people on this show that has like a running storyline throughout the series. Yeah. Like she feuds with Vicky over the course of this entire NXT season. Like from day one, you pretty much knew she was getting a job. And I wonder if she's involved in a storyline. I wonder if maybe that was just that, that was kind of the, the backbone that they're like, we can't get rid of the fact that Vicky was going to be, you know, railing against whoever her rookie was. Right. So maybe we'll just, you know, replace her with this person but yeah so she introduces so, yeah. caitlin as someone who's almost as pretty as she is and then out comes caitlin uh we're told she's sarcastic and was voted the dream oh. date and the class clown in the same night well hang on that's we'll get to that because she tells us all well that. no no michael cole literally oh, says that say and too? then she says those exact <laughs> words later and i'm like seriously michael cole you just stole her promo script you guys just took their promos. That's awesome. I didn't notice that, <laughs> that he had said it as well. But my favorite part about the last person coming in is that we get the panning shot of all the girls in the ring with their pros, and mm-hmm. they've all been very specifically told by whatever producer to dance to the music whenever it plays, so they just like stand there and sway the whole time, and it cracks uh, me the fuck up. And, and like you said, it is constant. <laughs> they are always dancing. Like It's perpetual motion yes. with these women in the ring at all times, that awful... <laughs> awful rainfall song is playing and then you got to deal with freaking matt striker and god this description of women wrestlers is so goddamn insulting (laughs) and the fact that this company was using this in 2010 is honestly sad i hate that whole the line about the whole 
they're sexy and oh, they're all smart, like, sexy, and powerful. That's like the yeah, specific. smart, sexy, and powerful. It's just so awful. Like it's because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, but there's nothing more important than the sexy, and that will be the emphasis yeah. of the commentary. Oh, striker, the competition. Yeah. It's, you know, it's absolutely the emphasis of this show is they're they're looking, they're talking about their looks and who yeah. their favorites are. Um, yeah, Matt Stryker says, you know, but every, you have to be able to talk. You have to be able to introduce yourself. So, Caitlin, Ugh. you were last in. You're going to be the first step in the promo contest. Dude, I didn't know if I was going to make it through this, man. <laughs> I was like, I cannot watch two hours of this. This I, I just have, what is happening? Why did they make this her character? So she starts explaining well, to us she is, that she's not the girl next door. She's the girl from two doors down that would get into trouble, uh, uh. that blew up your mailbox, that gave you a wedgie, and the fans are booing because it's not good, and also because she's with Vicky, uh, so oh, of course yeah. they're going to boo, but the, the, the kids booing is what made me laugh. Two seconds later. <laughs> you know all about that, Josh. I'm the girl. Capture your heart in XT season three. <laughs> Boo! Like, well, most of that's just the Vicky thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. and it makes sense with the angle that goes forward from here. You know that. Yeah. She does get to embrace that bare, very baby face like character she described herself as when Vicky's uh, you know kind of mean to her. But that is also going to get booed because we all know the girl like Caitlyn. <laughs> who who does claim themselves like like ah oh, I I hung out with all the kids when I was in high school <laughs> I even, I hung out with the nerdy kids and oh. I, I was with the, and it's like yeah and none of us liked you we all wanted you to go away from our table <laughs> we weren't impressed with your philanthropy um, well yeah it's, it's the people that want to talk about it the most it's like it's like uh, there are some people that did hang out with everybody and they, they were fine but yeah it's like the people that are bragging about it now are probably not the ones that were actually doing that uh, oh, man. Yeah, she was. It was hard, and then it gets worse because then, yeah, Vicky, Vicky decides that she needs to do it again. Yeah, I'm embarrassed at what you just did. Do it again, right now. What? And yeah. so she does, and this time she's you know sarcastically says she's so excited to have Vicky Guerrero as her pro. Vicky, right. you know, thinks this is great. So then she goes, and I'll give you a wedgie, and that's the end of her her hello. Oh man, yeah, it was it was rough. <laughs> then we go from Caitlin to a woman who, you know, she's got a very heavy accent, Oksana oh, yeah. here. And yeah. I will say though, Oksana though, even though she has this heavy accent and probably wouldn't necessarily fit into everything that the WWE normally does, you can see early on here why she's something, but that they wanted to keep around. Oh yeah, she loves her dog. She loves to go to the gym. And her favorite color is black and gold, like her pro. <laughs> the second generation superstar, Gold Dust. <laughs> so, WWE Universe, let me entertain you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the, the, the horn sound right at the end there. She's the only one that gets the horn, but... I know. Yeah, what the hell well. is that about? No, no, you can no, Oksana, like it's what's so funny about Jamie is that Oksana gets it. You know, like Oksana yes. is somebody that 
knows what they're there, kind of what they're there to do and how to work this. And, you know, I, she has a character, yeah, motivation. And, you know, Jamie, again, I'm not sure anyone told her what she's doing here. I feel like they just shuffled no. her in blindfolded and threw her out there. Uh, Maxine pr- starts by pretending she didn't understand Oksana's accent and says she has three senses. I'm like, well, that's not very impressive. Most people have five, um, but she has, uh, business sense, street sense, and common sense. So that makes me a triple threat. And I'm just like, okay. No, All right. She and again, though, but Jamie. she's somebody where it's like, she very clearly has like a character and an idea about, you know, like that is true. What she's trying to propose, you know, like who she's yeah. trying to be. So, that's true. No, it, she's. I thought she did. I thought she did a pretty good job. And then we have this weird thing where they have very clearly decided that whatever we did with Daniel Bryan was so good that we need to do it with AJ and Michael Cole because we we let AJ basically just talk truthfully, like if she was like a real, con- you know, contestant. Right. And and then we have Michael Cole shit all over it from the <laughs> fucking get go. So here, take a listen. You guys are seriously witnessing a dream come true right now. For the past 13 years, I have done nothing but dream of being a diva and worked my butt off to get here. I have so many goals. I want to be the women's champion. I want an action figure with exaggerated body measurements. Uh, I'm getting nauseous. Oh, that's right. You made a feel-good story. NXT right now, and there is not one girl, and there is not a damn thing that is going to stop. AJ. Can I change my pick? <laughs> so, yeah, Michael Cole is just, ugh, this is terrible. Jesus. Like, he's it's, not a fan. It doesn't, like, by the like by the second episode we watch, yeah. it kind of makes a little bit of sense. But what I don't understand about them producing television is you're not even trying to make us think that it's better than it is. That's what I don't understand yes. about the way that this is produced. Yeah. Like, it's kind of funny that Michael Cole puts out about how much he hates this shit, but at the same time, that's not good for, like, <laughs> the people involved or, like, the fan, ex- you know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. we shouldn't be making fun of this, at least not yet. You yes. know what I mean? Yep. By that fifth episode, okay, like, it's become clear that this is awful, and mm-hmm. but episode one, and Michael Cole's making fun of the girl with, like, the dream, long, lifelong dream story to be a wrestler. And I'm like, what? And this is also, what also bothers me a little bit about Heel Cole within the, in this NXT role is he almost goes in and out of character at times because yeah. even he admits here that was his, when he, she was introduced, he was putting her over to the moon yeah. about how his pick and all these things about AJ. <laughs> and, like, and then here he is, like, now he hates it. It's like, what? What, what yeah. are you doing? So. Yep. So again, it, it, I think it's. I just wish they would be consistent. And it's also just more of that that like thing that we always would hear about. I mean, it might have been the way that the backstage was at this point, but like nothing that the WWE didn't like more than you know lifelong fans that became wrestlers. Like <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be a football player, not a not a mm-hmm. wrestling fan. Uh, so yeah, Jamie is just like you said, pageant mode, explaining that she's a Florida girl that's ready to be a part of the greatest entertainment in the whole world. It was very smooth, but it was also very rehearsed and uh, didn't it's feel like a honor character. To compete. Yeah, it's her honor to compete here tonight. I didn't get the audio for this one. I didn't. It was, it was okay. It was terrible. Not okay. <laughs> 
No, I mean, as far as speaking into a microphone to a crowd oh, of right. people, right. she was very yeah. clear and understandable. It wasn't like it, you know, she was, right. you know, caught off guard by this. But as no, far as right. being a character in this, mat, yeah, in a wrestling ring, no, it's not good. Um, then Naomi says she will be the next season three breakout star, and she does fine as well. Like, right. she's not super smooth. Again, it felt a little bit similar to AJ. Like, it's it's okay, but, you know, it's not like, oh, my God, they need to put the belt on her right now. Well, it's always hard to be a baby face, too. You know, like she's just yep. trying to be like <clears throat> really nice about everything a and talk about how hard she's going to work and all that stuff. On season three of a show that lost all its momentum after season one that <laughs> the fans have stopped caring about. This is true, too. And she's not going to be intimidated by anyone of any size. And that just made me laugh because it's like, did you write that part when we were still going to have that Amazon lady on here? Because Probably. at this point, I think you're like a head taller than every other <laughs> woman on this competition. So, Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, so yeah, up next is our first rookie challenge when we go to commercial break. Uh, we come back. Stryker says the first elimination happens in four weeks' time, and whoever wins the most challenges between then and then, or now and then, uh, will be immune from that elimination in four weeks. Which, who decided that they needed to wait a month to make their first elimination on this show? I have no idea. Like we, like we said no beforehand, people. the original what? plan was five weeks. And like, if you do five weeks of this, it's just boom, 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 boom. Girls right. are gone. You're fine. Like, it probably would have been a lot more entertaining. But yeah, somehow they had to drag this out for four more weeks before they got rid of even one of their contestants. Right. And it was clear who that was going to be after the first ten minutes of this episode. Yeah. Yep. So judging this dance contest is what we're doing. A dance contest for our first competition here is going to be the audience in Baltimore. And Cole says, before this session starts, or no, Stryker says, before this starts, you're going to need someone to dance with. And he points no. to Michael Cole, who reveals that he is prepared with a dancing hat and knee-high socks as well as ballet shoes. It is like <clears throat> seventh ring of hell television. <laughs> like, you sent me a text of this image of him and Naomi dancing, and I was just like, I don't know how this happens, but... Well, that's the other thing, too. Like, we're going to have a dance-off. <laughs> and as I was going through the episodes, I feel like they have a dance-off about every two weeks on this I think company. so. I think <laughs> so. Because Naomi's just like the fucking hamburger helper glove on the dancing. Halloween episode, and yeah. she's dancing again. <laughs> and the other, the other problem with all this is that Naomi is a professional dancer. Yeah. Like, that's her background. Yeah. And so the point of having her, having any of these you should just give her just give her the win or just every time well th because the thing is like i think that's why they threw in the mix of having to dance with someone that obviously doesn't know how to dance uh, yeah that's true because like you said if, if they just let her go she's just going to do like layla used to do and like right. would just you know beat everybody and then would we'd move on but the thing is, I mean, she's going to win anyways, but, <laughs> right, but I think right. they threw that in there to kind of add in the mix, and it just it makes it very awkward and weird. Instead, like, Naomi does a few moves here, and then she'll watch Michael Cole flail around, and then she'll does a few moves. <laughs> it's not good. And then, like, Jamie has to dance with Michael Cole as well. Uh, it doesn't dude, go well. She is fault. a really bad dancer. Like, she, she is, is someone I that has obviously seen. been... Like she spent all her time since like high school lifting and has not gone to any of the dances. Like this was when I was just falling in love more and more with Jamie in each <laughs> segment that went on because she, she is worse than Michael Cole. Like yeah. she is, I've never seen a a girl that can't dance at all the way, the way that she can, she can't dance. I mean, 
How are you that awkward? Oh. It's, I'll tell you why. It's because she's so pretty. No one's ever told her she can't dance, but she cannot dance. No, she's, she's not not a good dancer. Um, and then it's time for AJ, but Stryker says, all right, I've had enough of Michael Cole. So he sends Cole out of the ring and says, all right, Tony, Tony Chimmel, come on in here. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to do all three guys outside of the ring right now. They're going to be, the, and they will. Yeah. Um, yep. So Tony gets the hat from... Michael Cole, that's that's our, our prop that designates the male dancer. And then we have to be and then we have to watch what looks like a father daughter dance from like the most perverted family in America. <laughs> as the sweet innocent AJ begins like stripper pole dancing uh, well, on Tony Chimmel's awkward body. Here's it is the thing. The most cringeworthy thing I think I've ever seen. We're in 2010, but we're still in the divas era. So God. you got to remember that, like that sexuality thing, is a big element of it. So I feel like this is AJ just doing what uh. you would expect a divas competition to have. But here in 2010, it feels awkward. And like you said, with her size compared to Tony Chimmel, uh. it is. It is. Uh, yeah, she's she's grabbed his his tie and is rubbing up against him and flipping around, wearing his hat. I just. This the two episodes we watch. I think my come my like the thing I come away with on both of them is that I feel so bad for AJ Lee. You know the joke from Community about Annie that she's young. We don't try to sexualize her. Like that is exactly the the way they exactly. should have gone with AJ. She's too young looking. We don't try to sexualize her. She's just a character. No, instead, <laughs> we pick two episodes where they sexualize AJ Lee more than I think I've ever seen her sexualized in my life, and it just made me really. Sad and uncomfortable the whole time. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, yeah, her dance gets a big reaction from the crowd. Oh, sure. You know, they seem to like her as much as they did, at least, uh, I believe, you know, Naomi. Um, mm -hmm. So then Tony dances with uh, AJ. Then Maxine dances with Tony. She does the exact same dance AJ did. Yeah, not as well. Um, and. Yeah. And kind of gives up on it very quickly and uh, just kind of walks to the back. Um, then Stryker says, all right, Tony, you sit down. That's too much for you. And then he points. He says, Oksana, your turn. And then he goes, oh, you need a partner, too. So brings up Josh Matthews. And Cole is just laughing his ass off about Josh Matthews having to dance. Matthews, however, though, I love his reaction. He's like, finally. And he, like, hops up. He's super excited. He slides into the ring. You know, wrestler and, style. Oh like yeah, on his stomach in his suit. Yep, he grabs Oksana though, and they slow yeah. dance. And Cole like it's just a fucking is, prom. Cole is booing over the announcer mic. He's not happy. He says this is terrible. Matthews and uh, dances, you know, with her, and then dances away from her and starts to grab Matt Stryker and dance with him. And Stryker's yeah. like, "Shut the music off! Stop this! Stop this!" Um, yeah. It's also I, I love that. It's so WWE that Cole's big complaint and like insult of Josh Matthews is that, oh, I knew he was going to be sentimental about this. That's <laughs> well, the that's, he says it's also over and over again. A weird term to put at like slow dancing. It's like, no, he just right. went for the easy mode. Like, what are you talking right. about? All right. Uh, oh, but it only gets worse from there because this girl, this is the girl that tries too hard to make you like her and only drives you away in the process. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, does this, fucking if, if anyone on that's listening has been on Reddit or any other like community forum that's online and has seen the grabs spork meme that shows up with the big long text box that shows up afterwards about the penguin of doom and all that shit, that's Caitlin's character in 2010. <laughs> and it was, it wasn't yet, a, you know, a terrible uh, meme from the internet, but 
Yeah, basically. Because, yeah, she's like, all right, let's do the robot dance. And so they robot dance. Yeah. And they danced. And then they lose because they're being booed because, one, you you know, AJ just went and took it to stripper pole mode and then you decided to do the robot. And then, mm-hmm. two, you're still with Vicky. So, yeah, she gets booed the whole time. And then when they do the, you know, the oh, yeah, we got pull the, the audience. Thing. Go ahead. My, my- Nothing made made me laugh harder than they they go to like all right let's go to the audience and they start with Jamie yes. who's done nothing wrong to anyone and she gets booed louder <laughs> than anybody else standing up there. That's why I said in my text to you she's a heat magnet man and she has no idea why. That's the <laughs> best part. Like she is completely <laughs> bewildered by this whole like the whole situation. It reminded me of sometimes like when Raw had their guest host. And you get a celebrity that just didn't get it. Yeah. And then they would get this kind of a reaction. <laughs> and they would just have that same look on their face like, why are you people booing me? You know, it's yeah. like, what did I do to you? Because you don't understand. Oh, but yeah. Man. She gets booed. Yeah. Maxine also booed. Yep. No, AJ and Naomi are very close. They've done a good job of already establishing who the faces, who the heels are of this this group, and the fans are at least going along with at least the Sweden fans are. I don't know what the genuine reaction yeah, is here in this first true. week. Um, um, Oksana and Caitlin also get booed. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, so AJ and uh, Naomi, it looks like it might be between either of them. Stryker almost goes to AJ, but then goes right back to Naomi, and she's your winner. And, of course, the music, You Make the Rainfall, begins playing as she celebrates. You Make the Rainfall! Oh. Like, every, like, every 35 seconds, I feel like that song begins playing. Up next, the first in-ring action. It's Kelly Kelly and her rookie against Alicia and her rookie. So come back from the break. But as they're going to break, Michael Cole won't shut up. And we get this from, uh, from, from Josh Matthews. But ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, it's the first in-ring competition of season three. Tag team action as Kelly Kelly and her rookie diva, Naomi, the winner of our dance competition. Hey, Alicia Fox and rookie diva, Maxine, which diva will dress and find out next shot off Cole. I feel like Cole's like role like via Vince is to just go out there and make Josh Matthews' job as difficult as possible. Yes. Yeah. And that's basically like the entertainment for Vince McMahon, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's but what they do. Back from break, Paper Jams is our sponsor for tonight. Paper Jams. I, they're going to sponsor Survivor Series as well, by the way. I had to stop and... Did do you, you what is a Paper, Paper Jam? It is. So there was Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Those were famous. Right. Those okay. had a video game. And then yeah. Plastic Guitars were, you know... Kind of, you know, that that became the, that that established plastic guitars. So then, mm-hmm. after that, this company made paper jams, which was a cardboard guitar, literally a piece of paper with okay. little electric like things that you could press buttons in the top and then strum, and it would make okay. guitar sounds like a rock guitar. And they were like, I think like seven to eight dollars, maybe ten at Walmart, and okay. yeah, and they went heavy with the sponsorship on WWE for like a good two months. I it, that just sounds it sounds sad like it it's sounds, awful. It sounds like a terrible toy. It sounds like, like oh, the, the prize in the back of a box of a much better right. toy. Like I should be able to cut that out of the box, <laughs> yes. like you know, the big frosted flakes box. This yeah, box. I can't imagine like being a kid and wanting like Guitar Hero or Rock Band 
or even that like Rock Smith thing I yeah. think that was out there the other day. And your parents bring home paper jams. This you time got, you don't even you need a to, box to plug it into. It's like those toys you had as a kid that just made noise when you press buttons. They sound, it sounds like one of the most depressing toys in the history of toys. I'm sure there's some kids that it was a great part of their childhood, but yeah, looking at it from our perspective, it definitely looks looks that way. So this yeah. match gets started That's here. One. Match, match one. Match one. Alicia Fox and her rookie Maxine, I believe. No. Yes. Yeah. Maxine yeah. taking on Kelly Kelly and Naomi. Um, and I just have in my notes. I'm sure this will be fantastic action because our even our our pros are not the people that I would want to watch wrestling against each other. That's the problem. It's like it's 2010. Don't we have like Mickey James and Beth Phoenix and Natalia and like yeah? Where are all those women? Like <laughs> not here. Yeah, not here. Okay. Uh, so anyway, Kelly Kelly gets an early two count after a head scissors in tag. No, no, no. We, you can't. Ju- you no, no. It's the Kelly Kelly. I'm going to scream the entire time I do my satellite head scissors. Yes. Yeah. I hate this move so much that she does. <laughs> and it was also around this time where it's like, not only was she doing the obnoxious scream during her head scissor, it's the whole match. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, Naomi, a really impressive move early. She springboards off the top mm-hmm. rope and sunset flips over Alicia Fox in ring. And I was like, why isn't she still doing that? That was great. <laughs> well, that it's all, I probably hurt a little bit too. Probably though. true. That's, that's a good amount of air before she came down, like on her back, you know. But no, it was really impressive. And I mean, she's someone like it's obvious very early on that just her athletic background alone is yes. probably puts her well ahead of everyone else. Because mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's something that she was necessarily taught. You know what I mean? Like in the, the, the wrestling school, the level that they probably got to at this point, I'm not sure they're doing springboard sunset flips, <laughs> but it's just something that athletically, like she was capable of pulling off. You know? Yeah. No, it was, it was good stuff. She quickly slides under the legs of uh, the opponent and hits the rear view on Fox. Which Cole, I love Cole. Just called it like a butt bump. Yeah. like they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't know what to say about that move at this point. He goes, oh, a little butt bump. And I was just like, that was a <laughs> weird thing to say. Yeah. But in tags, Maxine. Yeah. Uh, well, Alicia Fox, with a move that she consistently does very well, a backbreaker. She hits that and covers for a two. And then Maxine is in. And that's when the Nazi, the Nazi announcers start talking about the impureness of her blood. As <laughs> oh, my God. I have my notes here, too, about this. What are you doing? Like, so Michael Cole, I'm pretty sure with Michael Cole, mentions that she's she's everything, man. Like, yeah. she's Cuban, Hispanic. Yep, all uh, kinds no. of nationalities in her family tree. Long list of her genealogy family tree. And Josh Matthews just immediately comes out and calls her a mutt. Yeah. Yep. So she's a mutt. <laughs> like, do you realize how offensive that is? Like, to say about anybody, really? But, like, yeah. I was blown away when he said that. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah the future Katarina of Lucha Underground fame with shoulder thrusts in the corner, um, as Josh is calling her a mutt due to her heritage. Uh, we get a suplex from Maxine on Naomi for a two count. In comes Foxy with a snapmare. Naomi, though, is able to escape her chin lock. Alicia Fox, though, it was an odd... Well, everything about the rest of this match is odd. But it was an odd sequence here when... So Naomi hits a jawbreaker to break out of this, like, chin lock. Yeah. And Alicia Fox, Road Warrior hawks that shit. And literally, <laughs> like, just as soon as she, the jawbreaker connects, she just walks over to the corner and knocks Kelly Kelly off the apron. And then runs to her corner and tags in Maxine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot like, about you that. You just got hit with a jawbreaker. 
What are, what are you doing? Oh, it was weird. So then yeah, go ahead. Maxine go ahead. snapmares Naomi. Naomi small packages her. Alicia Fox runs in, acts like she's going to break it up, gets like to the point where her hands are almost <laughs> touching them, and then goes, yeah. never mind, and backs off. And as she backs off, Kelly Kelly, who's like late on the run-in, comes in and blasts her with a forearm. And yeah. the three count happens as yeah. Kelly Kelly's music plays. So apparently mm-hmm. Naomi did get the pin, and Alicia Fox just didn't break it up. And the announcers make fun of how late the announcement is because Tony Chimmel takes forever to announce who won the match. Well, because there's more. Like, because well, so, yeah, the, so the win happens. But that is the Kelly, win, yeah. Yeah, Kelly Kelly and Alicia Fox begin fighting on the floor outside the ring as Kelly Kelly's music plays. Naomi and Maxine continue wrestling. <laughs> yes. And the referee, who I think is to blame for all of this, to be honest with you, lets them. He just continues to referee yeah. as Naomi and Maxine keep fighting. Naomi hits a suplex and pins her, and the referee makes the count. I didn't see him make a count, but he, 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 he holds her, she holds her like after he, the suplex. Like she she covers him up, and I like he looks at them and is like, right. I think he's like trying to explain like the match is already over. But yeah, he's down there on his knees, right in the position to make the count if he does. Either way, I don't know. I might have missed it. You might be right. But I don't know why he didn't go to the corner, tell Tony Chimmel the match, and have Chimmel announce the winner. That's why Chimmel didn't say anything, because he wasn't (laughs) supposed to yet. Because then he stands up and, like, lifts the girl's hand, and, like, the announcers are just like, why haven't we got a ring announcement yet? And then, like, they're like, Tony's sleeping. And then all of a sudden, Tony just goes, your winner. And, like... And do they even play Kelly Kelly's music again? Because I feel like that was I the other so. awkward thing. Is yeah. like there's no music. I think. Yeah, it finally starts back up. It's Jesus. it's not great. I mean, this <sighs> is your first episode. And that was your first match. <laughs> but up next, a capture the flag race. Whatever that means. It means how no one managed to break an ankle or yeah. worse over the course of this game amazes me as we run in the crowd area where everybody spills their freaking drinks and beers well, on the floor. We almost injured our NXT guys when we had them running around with yep. kegs, so we can't yep. let the girls run with kegs. Instead, we'll have them capture these flags. So, yeah, we come back from break, and they're all on the stage as Stryker explains what's happening. Well, and also, I was confused already because I thought Naomi already won immunity. I felt like the way the announcers talked about that originally... Well, that no, she'd no. already won it for the dance-off. I didn't realize that oh, it was okay. like, like It's like a running, yeah, it's a running accumulation over those four weeks. <laughs> Although by the end of this episode, she's pretty much won immunity already. But anyway, yeah. that, who knows if they meant to make that happen or not. But yeah, the ladies are lined up. Um, they're going to run down the entrance ramp. Again, what a great idea. Let's all run <laughs> down the entrance ramp. At least they let them change out of their high heels that they had to dance in. I'm surprised they didn't make them wear high heels, knowing the way this company works. Yeah, like, no, they're, they're all going to be in platforms, ladies. running down the thing. Um, so yeah, everyone takes off. You can guess who didn't well, get a flag. On the, the thing first that made round. me laugh was that, like, you know, they've got five stations set up. So I'm like, oh, this will be exciting. You know, they'll have to go from one to the next. No, no, you run to the first station, you stop, and you wait for Matt Striker to give you further instructions. <laughs> yeah, because our director can't handle, you know, Naomi winning this thing in 25 seconds like she probably would have if you didn't have yeah. to stop. Um, Again, I love... So the first run, you can, of course, guess who didn't get a flag. Jamie didn't get a flag on the first (laughs) run. Michael Cole with the call of the night. 
when he just like under his breath goes, huh, what a shock. <laughs> oh, gosh. When Jamie didn't get it. Yeah. Um, AJ and her little legs don't win the second run. She's eliminated. Now, here's the thing. I feel like this part of the competition is just legitimate. Like, they were just like, just oh, go is. and do it. Because, like, Maxine <laughs> is the first to get the first four flags. Like, yep. she is in the lead every time. And I'm like, oh, she's going to run away with this thing, man. Yep. No, and I feel like there's a little <laughs> bit of BS be- even with that in mind later. Because I feel okay. like somebody's ahead and jumps and misses a flag. Well, she and falls all like awfully here in a second. But anyways, AJ, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> AJ misses the second station. So she's eliminated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oksana, Oksana gets eliminated at the next station. Then we go to station four <laughs> this is, and it's this time I, they have to get back in the ringside. Yeah, man. Do I wish there was a better camera shot yes. of Maxine eating this guardrail, man. <laughs> She goes down fucking hard. She's in the lead. And, like, yeah. as she goes to go over the ramp, like, she just jumps into the wall, like, the backside and, of the wall. And she still manages to get a flag before Caitlyn. That's true. She does get over still faster than Caitlyn does. But, yeah, that allows Naomi to kind of get the lead for that one, and she's the first to get that flag. And then the final flag is in the ring, and that one goes to Naomi, who beats Maxine in there. And the crowd cheers for Naomi winning two out of the first, you know, two the first two uh, competitions that we're going to have here. And then on the list of bad ideas, because this show can't get out of its own way sometimes, Matt Stryker is going to interview the young lady who just ran around yeah. the building for two minutes. Yep. And they're going to ask her to cut a promo. I, I was so distracted during this promo because did you notice that the man who would later become famous for the green Kool-Aid man shirt was in the front row and he is like talking to his buddy who is almost asleep. His buddy is sitting there with his eyes closed <laughs> on his hand and he just like he, the, the guy just keeps turning and laughing and saying comments and the guy just keeps shaking his head no with his eyes yeah. closed. Because <laughs> dude, this show, especially from a live standpoint. Could you imagine if oh, you're like, oh man, I got tickets to Raw. Well, they're going to tape yeah. NXT right beforehand. We have to sit through an hour oh, no. of this. <laughs> you better pray it was before. <laughs> it had to be because based on the crowd that's still there, it had yeah. to be before. Because yeah. if this was after Raw... There wouldn't be a crowd. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Naomi can't catch her breath. She's winded. And then she has to cut a promo. <laughs> and it is kind of mean. But it just cracked me up when she talked about how her athleticism is an advantage as she's struggling to breathe and speak at the same time. Yes. So, yeah, of course. Made me laugh. Oh, so then we go to commercial and we come back. We have to promote the upcoming night, uh, of, champions. night of champions, which Tony, you sent me a, a text of this, this first graphic they showed us. So why don't you explain this? So and I haven't gone back and like checked out if this corrects itself or <laughs> what. Probably not, though. But night of champions, we get an advertisement for their big six pack match for the WWE championship featuring five wrestlers. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Chris Jericho apparently lost a match and lost his opportunity to be in the match. Yeah. And they're still going forward calling it a six pack match with five people in it. I have no idea, man. Like <laughs> Oh It was just amazing. I was just like that's because I can't Now I will say though, I was then curious because in November when we do the show, they're gonna take a shot at Fozzie, and I was like, did he leave at this point for one of his like getaways to go be a part of the band? 
<laughs> mm, you know what? He might have. He might have. But, yeah, so the six-pack five-man challenge coming up on Night of Champions. Also, Daniel yeah. Bryan, that who's nerd. fresh off NXT, is going to be facing his old pro for the U.S. title, The Miz, who's not pictured with the title, but with the money, <clears throat> money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> You're doing your Rick impersonation. Um Kane and Taker for the world title, which you and I were discussing with, before we went on. Like Kane's defending what? his title. Like I didn't yeah. even know that happened. <laughs> and the Undertaker at this point isn't like around, like feuding no, people. This is his first match Cole, since May. Yeah, Cole tells us he's going to have his return match against Punk on SmackDown. Yeah. So they just this is just one of those like, eh, put Kane and Undertaker together, we'll work it out. <laughs> so, but. Now, Tony, it's time for your favorite oh. girl to get an in-depth look. Put this in And you my know vein. why this was on this episode? Because they originally were going to get rid of her this week. Probably. But instead, they showed us this, and we have three more weeks of her hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Jamie profile. It's very standard. I mean, you know, yeah. if you remember, like, the Mae Young classic, even, this was kind yep. of the way they introduce the ladies you get a little background a little bit of family history mm-hmm. she was a weight she got into weightlifting after being a cheerleader you know you did, can fill in this girl's story you, without me even telling you did you spot the edit though Uh-oh. did you hear the edit point in this oh no what did i miss she went to nursing school and she never had a passion for that yeah, that's my favorite which I love, but the line right okay. after that, she she tells us in the original interview, I would bet a million dollars that she said then she got into wrestling and yeah. then she found her passion. But they edit in, then she got into WWE. And oh and it's a very God. obvious edit, edit when you listen to it for that. Before I wanted to become a diva, I was in nursing school. And that was something that I never had a passion for. And then I got into the WWE and it was something that... I had such a strong passion for. Now I love it. I'm addicted. God. <laughs> and then I got into the WWE, and it was. So- <laughs> you took that from a different part of her interview. What do you? Because th- <laughs> you're right. She probably said the word wrestling, yep. and we don't say the word wrestling here. <laughs> My, I was just on the floor though. I've never heard a per like. You know what I mean? Like the typical beauty queen, Miss America, and stuff. A lot of them tend to be nurses or in nursing school. Yeah. Like, it's a fairly common like profession of that thing. And they always talk about like their passion for life and how they want to save children. Help they want to help people. And this this girl, I gotta appreciate her honesty. <laughs> She's just like, fuck that. I got into oh. six weeks of that school, and I was like, I'm not helping those sick old people. <laughs> like just for her, her to be like, I had no passion. I was like. Thank God you didn't follow through, yes, yes. because the last thing I want are nurses that aren't passionate about their job. Oh, goodness. Cracked yeah. Me up, so this job now, she's addicted to it. She's ready to be more than an announcer. Yep. And she says Trish Stratus was someone she looked up to. She wants to be a role model for young women. She wants to be a role model for old women for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unless you're a nurse. You, how dare you want to be a role model for older women? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unless you're a nurse, then she has no interest in inspiring you at all because she thinks oh. that job's icky. I'm Jamie. I'm sexy, strong, and unstoppable. That's her final yeah. line. Yeah, it's like Jamie. This isn't American Gladiators. Like I don't know if you know what you're interviewing for. The, here. Only, the only thing that upsets me that we jumped five weeks is that we don't get another one of these videos about one of the girls on that week's show because apparently they've already True. burned through all of them in those these right. first four weeks. 
Oh, um, we're going to watch more of this later. I have, <laughs> I have a good feeling about we're that. We're going to return to the NXT Season 3. Oh, uh, yeah. But that takes us to match two, Tony. Match number two, another mixed tag, because I'm sure that's all there was for at least the first couple episodes. It's Gold Dust and Oksana, the Lithuanian beauty, taking on Primo Cologne, possibly the second or third most famous cologne, <laughs> and his partner, AJ Lee. Yes, who does who, again? Don't call me Lee yet, but well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's no maybe but, it's Menendez. I don't know. As as they're coming down, we're told that Josh is from New Jersey, just like AJ, and he says, "Yeah, so something might happen with me and her." And then <sighs> he said, "Then he says something about the last diva I dated from New Jersey didn't work out well." And Cole laughs and says, "Yeah, it cost you a lot of money." I don't know what the story is here. Do you know what he, if he was publicly connected with someone? And that's what it's they're joking probably, about. It's probably true. You know, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily know that Josh Matthews, like, dating history. I mean, I know, obviously, okay. he's been with Madison Rain for a long time now, but uh, yeah, who knows at this point? But, yeah, the way Cole laughs makes me believe that it's probably true to some degree. Yeah. And who knows what the money part of it all is about. Gold Dust, or we're told, or Cole, make sure to let us know the rules here are divas versus divas and superstars versus superstars, Tony. Because remember... Divas can't be superstars. Women aren't superstars. No, that's, that's no, a man's they're divas. <laughs> There's a difference there, clearly. Oh, yeah, it's not. And men then we're gonna, men and and then we're gonna watch NXT season three. This is about the women, and we're gonna watch Goldust and Primo start. Yep. Yeah. Why? It's, 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 it's whatever. Goldust has an early roll up. Primo kicks out. Yeah, I don't know why we start with them, though. Cole tells us that Vicky had to get rid of that goof, Aloisa, and I'm like, man, what did she do to piss off this I, company? <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, they kind of bury her. I just wonder if yeah. like, she got cold feet. I told you, I I don't want to I mean, just on this. The, the, image, the image search that I did when you named her early on, there was a few risquer pictures. I bet you if I added the word... You know, I cleavage think, or nude, there might be something there. I don't know the yeah, way it looks. I, I don't want to speak out of turn on it, but I just feel like I remember that being her, a thing. That being maybe the case was something she got China. That came out. Yeah, something came out they didn't know about, and then they went into damage control. But I don't know that for sure. Don't quote me on that. But Cole randomly, like, after saying that, like, there's a break and he's t- calling the action, then he just says, Vicky's going to be the Pat Summit of NXT. I was like, what? <laughs> He also goes on about how beautiful she looks and yeah. how like sexy she is. It's, it's oh. and then he compares her to Pat Summit, and I'm like, hmm, Michael Cole, you're a definition of a sexy lady. <laughs> might be a little bit. So yeah, all these I have all these notes about the announcers, and apparently the match has been happening. Eventually, we get a yeah. backbreaker from okay. Oksana. She covers Oksana AJ for two. Oksana kind of knows how to wrestle. Yeah, no, AJ and Oksana aren't bad here. They worked well mm-hmm. together. Um, AJ hits the like Ray Mysterio style well, wheelbarrow bulldog, and well uh, now we we do have to full disclosure here. You can't just gloss over. They do work well together until the finish of the match because I was like, why would they? Because they botched this the first time. Oh like, yeah, AJ goes yeah. to wrap her legs, and and then I'm like, all right, ladies, just move on. And then they do it again. And I was like, <laughs> oh, because that was the finish of the match. Like I felt yep. bad for him because everything up to that point was pretty well done but uh yeah aj and uh primo get the win yes now as they're celebrating with primo's music playing we get excuse me excuse me here comes vicky dragging caitlin by the arm and yeah caitlin's like got this look of bewilderment on her face she doesn't know right, what's at this happening. point i felt like it was clear 
kind of the angle here. No, yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah. And she kind of, you know, she's playing into this the role here. Mm. Uh, Vicky wants to take this opportunity. I was like, what opportunity? There's not an opportunity here to speak. <laughs> right. She wants to take this opportunity to have my diva do her intro again because she has not mm-hmm. been satisfied with it before. And Primo is not a great speaker. He gets on the mic and says, "This is AJ's moment." And and uh, AJ is doing this like bad acting in reaction to both of them back and forth here. And well, yeah, just a little in over her head from an acting standpoint. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not great. She tells Vicky, "Why don't you go?" As in, go away. Yeah. And then AJ counters her and sends Caitlin into Vicky after Vicky had sicked her on her, and it, it's we get this tantrum being thrown here. Yeah, Caitlin, get her! First off, she steals my line, and then she embarrasses Vicky! Ooh. Oh, come on! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that little pit squeak AJ's gonna pay. He loves like that's why I felt like it felt so much like the Daniel Bryan thing with with Michael Cole, where it's just like it's him just insulting at any any chance he gets, and constantly with the size thing that pipsqueak. Yeah, Yeah, he loves to call out the size. Yeah, I just when I just love when Vicky says "sicker." Yeah, sicker. Caitlin's like "sicker," (laughs) she attacks. So there you go. That's the end of the first episode of season three. That's the other thing too. Like without wrestling matches of any significance or length yeah it just lends itself to it it feels like it's a three-hour show <laughs> so much and content it is, and it is a brisk 42 minutes but man <laughs> you like that first segment i was like is that it like is that, this has got to be about over right and i was like nope we're 12 minutes into this yes. <laughs> yeah i was yeah. like oh god Oh, so I found this online. It came out September 10th of 2010. So this was after the first week has come out. Uh, but this was an article. It said, uh, it's too early to deem the divas only season of NXT a failure, but hope that the concept would provide immediate rating sparks have seemingly left the building. Tuesday's season premiere opened to 1.151 million viewers and a 0.3 in the adult 18 to 49 rating demo. According to Nielsen data posted by media week, while that performance is not terrible with respect to the show's average, viewership was down significantly from the season two premiere and about 13% from last week's season two finale. Raw doesn't do much better than that in 2020. Not anymore. Which, yeah, that's what, yeah. Is crazy. Just crazy to think about. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, the thing about WWE, and this is just their curse, that they will always be near or at the top of the ratings when it comes to that time slot, the network they're on, like they always perform great. The problem is, is that they don't draw the preferred advertisers to those networks a lot of times. And the other thing that they don't do, and Pritchard's talked about this with a few different shows and things over the years, is that they do great in their time slot, but they do nothing for what follows their show. Yeah. So yeah. like anytime they've been putting it on a network or put in a weird place, that's why like even when TNA is the best most watched thing on Pop, yep. you know, on Destination America. Yeah, you're not rest- sticking around for a thousand ways to die afterwards exactly. on Spike. Right, yeah. They <laughs> wrestling shows don't tend to do anything for what follows. So yeah, that's USA, where 
tried for years with those like we're gonna debut suits right after and yes. and fucking yes. danger report or whatever yes. the fuck that show was yeah. and, usa is like you guys have failed us at least 20 times like yeah. 20 times over the decades of us trying to premiere shit after your show. So. so yeah, so that came the end of that article said nonetheless as the two seasons have made a habit of declining in viewership a few weeks into their respective runs, it's possible that season three's numbers could dip into dangerous territory just as NXT prepares to leave sci fi at the beginning of October. So that sci-fi, would all come true basically. Sci fi is like get SmackDown here now. Yeah. Like, Cause could you imagine? I like I love to kind of think Take myself outside of my mind and imagine myself as like an executive at Universal, you know, oversee, you know, and there's this wrestling show that's on sci-fi. Oh, yeah, let's let's give that thing. A, and you watch that first episode of NXT. And yeah. if you and you're not even a wrestling fan, you don't know, don't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> I feel like you would be calling for it to be canceled immediately. Yeah, it's not. We, we so now we jump two months in chain or you know like six yeah. weeks or something ahead uh one elimination has taken place so far it's jamie um, yeah big surprise also eliminated from sci-fi was the show as smackdown moved on to wwe.com as its uh, sole provider here and we don't have the network yet so well but they are on hulu and youtube and all yes, that yes they were able so. to at least get a few other yeah video providers to also put it on their their networks mm-hmm um, so yeah, this show, the last TV version was aired on September 28th, so we're a month into the webcast version, and it's obvious that the announcers hate the shit out of being on the internet and not on television. Yep. Um, yep. And this week's show comes to us from the arena at Harbor Yard in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And for anyone interested, I've not watched yet. I don't know if it's entertaining, if it's great, but I sent it to Tony just before we got started. I found it yeah. as I was finishing up my notes. In the UK, an, a version of this episode aired that only had Kevin Dunn's director commentary, like not commentary, but instruction, the feed of his audio, and I guess maybe a producer or somebody yeah. um, it's something, on it. It's something that I've heard clips of because Matthew has used it in for like, oh, Box okay. and Nice. So I was kind of... I was. I didn't necessarily know that it was this episode, but I knew something like this out there like existed. So, so yeah, yeah. So at some point amazing. I'm going to watch it, but it'll be embedded in the uh, the link will be on the uh, the show notes if you want to check it out here on episode 233. So yeah, we're getting hype at the beginning of the episode for the wedding that is to come. Yes, um, we we see boy this show man when they, I bet this all probably started when they went off of TV and they were just like we're going to do whatever the hell we want and I don't, <laughs> we don't care how stupid it is. So Oksana was tracked down by immigration police. Yeah, she got a letter, and then an agent showed up. Yeah, um, and she could be deported due to some kind of a mistake in the paperwork. Mm-hmm. So that's all very unclear, because who cares, really? Um, and Goldust just says that, well, we could get married, and proposes to Oksana, yeah. who in fact accepts. Yes. Yeah. And it's a great intro video, and then it's ruined because you make the rain fall. <laughs> That's the yeah, point. We have to watch the. Yeah, we have to watch the. Uh, uh, I do at least appreciate that they only show the people that are left, right? No, Jamie like, was still they, in there. Oh, I see. So they totally yeah. do ink master it. I always I, hate that. I thought at least they would ink master it in the sense of like, give me an X over the person or something. Uh, Let me know that they're yeah. gone. Yeah, ink master refuses. They start their show with like. 370 contestants and you have to watch that <laughs> intro every week even when there's like two people left. So, anyway, so uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. We're told it's election day as we're welcomed to the arena by Michael Cole and introduces Matt Stryker, who introduces the rookies. And this is, it's a, a midterm election in 2010. So pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Michael Cole, he's off to an early start here telling us that marriage is the leading cause of divorce. <laughs> and Josh Matthews, of course, tells him how lame that is. And Cole says, Oh, just wait. I've got plenty more of those. To come. <laughs> yeah. We learned that now yeah. Maxine is Michael Cole's win to pit to, or pick to win the competition here. Yep. And Naomi is the crowd favorite to win. And yep. Josh calls AJ the spark plug of Tuesday nights. No, oh, yeah, everybody loves that. <laughs> Michael Cole also has a great line when Stryker says, and tonight there will be an elimination. <laughs> Michael Cole just goes, oh, thank God. Congratulations, we're going to have a wedding tonight. We are also going to have an elimination tonight as well. Thank God. Now, (laughs) as you know, winning competitions earns you immunity. Yeah, because here's the other thing. At this point, once we've gotten off, I'm I'm curious at what point Matt Stryker then got their voices pumped into his earpiece. Because I, I bet you, I bet you there was an episode. My thought was there's probably like the first episode online when they started making fun of the fact that it was a show. He right. like watched it back and was like, "Those motherfuckers made fun of me the whole time, and I didn't get to react right. to any of it." And so, yeah. he pro- because yeah, here he's visibly cracked up by that that little line of there will be you know thank God on there will be elimination. <laughs> it is like. It is something throughout this episode. The thing about it, though, is it's like there still needed to be like a level of professionalism. Yes. Because the problem is that, yes, this is just online and you probably don't have a lot of live viewers. But it is going up on Hulu and YouTube where it will live forever and can and was probably watched by hundreds of thousands of people by the end of the day. You know, like it was all said and done. And you're sitting here just shitting on it throughout the entire show. I don't remember watching this entire season, but I remember watching these episodes when it on was Hulu. yeah when they were on Hulu, and it was like, oh, they don't give a shit, and it would just like it would just piss you off. It's like, well, if you don't give a shit, why should I give a shit about this exactly. show? Like, exactly. Yeah, and so we had a dancing contest last time. Tonight, where our first competition is going to be a kissing contest. But before they announce that. We're told, Oksana, you are, you've won nothing. You've yeah. got zero points and have been a complete disappointment in, in every way except for a storyline. So we're going to dismiss you. You can go get ready for the wedding, and you don't have to take part yeah. in this competition. Because it is complete bullshit. Because Oksana clearly should have been the second person eliminated from this season. <laughs> And they screw poor Maxine here by just excusing Oksana from the episode, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So Stryker. The other, the, other, the other thing that they, the other situation they've gotten themselves into, and I always just want to be like, hey, you guys know this is a work, right? Like, mm-hmm. Naomi is so far ahead. Yeah. That someone would have to sweep the com- the night's competitions to beat her. Yeah. Why did you put yourselves in a situation where Naomi is? far and away going to win immunity. Uh, I have like, no idea. They should be tied. They should all three be tied at this point. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So then Stryker says, uh, you know, he asked the crowd if there can they can get because there's like if you haven't noticed during that little segment that I played earlier also, they've gotten rid of the crowd sweetening. They're not putting that effort into this anymore. <laughs> and so we just get to hear the the crowd not reacting and they're just yeah. not reacting to anything. And then finally they do kind of pipe up when he asks if there is any volunteers to help with this kissing contest 
But that is just a cue for the music to hit. Here comes Hornswoggle. He's not been given the ability to speak yet from Papa or from uh, Santa Claus McFoley. So Mm -hmm. here is what this sounds like. The kissing contest. This is disgusting. Why is it disgusting? To kiss that little. uh, Don't talk about Caitlin like that. (laughs) I forgot that that was Uh, the part that I had there. Yeah. So yeah, but but Hornswoggle's just responding with grunts at this point still. Yeah, yeah, he's still just grunting. He's excited. Stryker actually tells him that he the determination of the winner is whoever excites, who Hornswoggle gets the most well, excited about after he, kissing. He said makes you feel the most happy inside. Yes, makes you feel the most happy inside. <laughs> so whoever gives Hornswoggle a boner is going to win the, uh, the kissing competition. Hornswoggle does the uh, classic wrestler style, grab both sides of the face and kith, kiss meth, method here for the first one. Um, and as what's that? Cole also said that Hornswoggle is the Daniel Bryan of NXT. Yes. Because he hangs around the Divas locker room trying to get a look inside. (laughs) There you go. So Maxine, it's her turn now. She doesn't look happy about this. And just as she's walking up to kiss him, she grabs the microphone from Stryker. That's her right. Are you kidding me? That's why when she does no, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, what? Striker. I can't believe she. <laughs> He's heard that line a lot. <laughs> you did this on purpose just to mess with me, didn't you? So apparently the running storyline that we've not been filled in on is the fact that Maxine has a history with Hornswoggle through some of the competitions that have taken place already. Yeah, she was like, they were partnered up in like a wheelbarrow race. Yeah. And of course, that's not exactly fair when your partner is a little person. So, <laughs> yeah, she's had a hard time with Hornswoggle. They've got a bit of a history here. So, yeah, she's not going to kiss him. I don't blame her. Um, and uh, she, she just goes, yeah, she just so go. Yeah, she just, she just like shames Hornswoggle into like, <laughs> like you know, Sad Hulk or Michael Sarah yes. walking away from the ring. and. Yep. That's that. That I mean, I, and I'm even sitting there like, she's first of all, she's a competitor. Yeah. Second of all, <laughs> what are we doing next? Because yeah. that's like this takes way too like it's way too long of like a sad walk away oh. for Hornswoggle here. Yeah, and I seriously halfway thought they don't know what they're doing yet. They probably <laughs> took the time that Hornswoggle <laughs> put it out of the ring to figure out how they were going to try to make this oh. work. So then music hits, and it's... I was excited about this. Only smoking mirrors! Here comes dashing Cody Rhodes. And uh, he's decided to volunteer to help out with the rest of this. He says, clearly I'm here for my brother's wedding, but this scenario calls for someone dashing. And that's me. So he he takes a very long time to apply some lip balm, but it is made official. He's going to be our person, and they tell us, Caitlin, that yes, you also have to kiss him as well. You can't just get away with only having kissed Hornswoggle. And obnoxious Cole when Cody's walking out. I just, I just cracked me up. He's like, because he's doing the mirror gimmick. And Michael Cole's like, man, that's, that's just so cool that he has a mirror that he brings to the ring with him. And <laughs> Josh Matthews is like, what are you talking about? And Cole's like, why don't you bring, carry a, a mirror around Josh? And just being obnoxious there. Um, yeah, I love Dash and Cody Rhodes. It's second only to my, the character that follows Dash and Cody Rhodes, and that's when he wear oh. the face mask and put the bags over people's heads. Yeah, the first wrestler that was broken. Mm-hmm, true. Um, and Michael Cole, again, sarcasm, mentioning we're off to a thrilling start here on NXT. <laughs> Cody's mic skills aren't exactly great at this point. No. 
I mean, he's not. He's better than all the NXT girls, but um, true. So yeah, she kisses Cody and then kisses him a second time, and mm-hmm. then it's Maxine's turn. But Cody pulls out some spray spray stuff for his breath, and then sprays yeah. it into her mouth when she opens her mouth, and this upsets her. Yeah. So she makes him kiss his hand, and that's how Maxine. I was like, is Maxine married? Like, did she just get married yesterday? Is that why she's not? Taking no, I part think in it's just her this? character. Again, I think she's just someone that has like a very defined character. Yeah, you know, that might right? be. That wouldn't be up for this. Uh, Naomi's also a negative Nancy about this entire situation. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't she kiss Cody if he was the last man on earth? And he tells her that she has too much baggage to deal with anyway, referring what to her th- large what, backside. What did you think of Cole's response when she grabbed the microphone to explain why she pie-faced him? He goes, oh, what a shock. She's going to talk. And I'm like, Jesus, Cole. Like, It's what the show's think- about. That's the only thing we have is these girls talking. Yeah. Her character specifically, I think, has been like this about everything. Oh, okay. Up Still winning point, like, the competitions, but not yeah, liking yeah, some okay, of these. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Naomi just doesn't participate. She has too much baggage for Cody to deal with. Yeah. Michael Cole wishes... Yeah, that's what I said. And Michael Cole wonders where his gong is. That's another thing that we've been... <laughs> we missed out we had, on the we, gong. We didn't get a chance to uh, enjoy any of that, but... Yeah, I did see that he had a gong. Uh, Cody tells AJ because that's the thing about them sexualizing AJ. Not only do they sexualize AJ, but they also like to imply that she's it's, a child. It's the same thing they did with Daniel Bryan. You've never kissed a girl. You're a virgin. True. Like right. it's, yeah, the, it's the right. exact same character that they're doing here. That's also yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, Cody tells her that you know wonders if she's ever even kissed a boy, and he wants her to know that he's rooting for her. Um, yeah. and then. AJ just says, might as well go for it, and Tackle kisses Cody, and he picks her to win the competition. Yeah, the crowd reacts some to the Tackle, and you know more than they've reacted to the other stuff that we've watched so far, and Cody says he's chose, AJ's the winner, Yeah, and she's one step closer to immunity, Tony. She just has to sweep the rest of the night. That's it. Right. That at least would have been interesting. And then, if, if we weren't sure the obnoxious level of Michael Cole up to this point... We get our confirmation of it as we see him sitting at ringside. Great, man. The worst acting I have ever been a part of. <laughs> AJ. What? She didn't even kiss him. I know it's a little instant chemistry. By the way, do you like my tux? I'm dressed up for the wedding here tonight. The tux you wore your wedding, your own wedding. Oh, it is. Yeah. Years and years ago. You look like Jerry the King Lawler. But I've said it. Love is in the air tonight. Gold dust, Oksana's wedding, plus an elimination. And I've been begging for weeks, folks. You know, you can vote me off the show as well as we give you the update. Oh, yeah, let's uh, take a look here. Oh, goodness. It makes me wonder why they didn't just stop making Michael Cole do this show. I mean, unless this was just, they all thought this was hilarious. And this was, like, a lot of fun. Honestly, I wonder if it was, like... That's Michael Cole speaking for Vince McMahon of like, I, I've for weeks I've wanted to be done with this show, but we've signed some sort of contract with Hulu that we're not allowed to, <laughs> to end this show. Yeah. So we're still, and we've got all these girls paid, so we're going to keep doing it. That might be um, oh. Vince McMahon maybe speaking through Michael Cole here. So, but they're also, what is, I, maybe we'd have to go back and watch Worst previous acting episodes. I've ever been a part of. What are you talking about, AJ? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what was that? Oh, sorry she didn't, like, actually shove her tongue down the dude's throat and, like, went for the more theatrical kissing style there, Cole. I'm, yeah. Didn't get your jollies off, I guess. I know everybody's trying to sexualize this young lady. Um, also, what is the pink champagne? I think that's something else we must have missed at some point. I mean, I did see that he was drinking something in a weird-looking bottle in, like, a little 
champagne glass. But yeah, at some yeah. point, yeah, Josh Matthews makes mention of his pink champagne. And, and he's, yeah, he's, he's wearing a tuxedo t-shirt. The line, you look like Jerry Lawler, is spot on. Like, I didn't realize how much just someone sitting in that position wearing a t-shirt would instantly bring Jerry Lawler to my mind. But yeah, as soon as Matthews said it, I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, so yeah, Cole the tells us... The of AJ continues. Yes, uh, Cole tells us the Bellas have agreed to be his date on wedding night. And then we see Primo sneak up on AJ. And AJ says, you look real good. And uh, he says, yeah. when you kissed Cody, I was uh, I was a little bit jealous. And I was just like, Gee, I hate these characters. I hate these male characters that do this shit, like this jealous thing. AJ says, I've wanted to tell you something for a while, but I need to tell you in private. Um, and so they're looking for a room to go into. And we turn and walk into what looks like a, you know, maybe an empty dressing room. But inside is Dusty Rhodes who's being doted on by the Bella Twins. Like, they're just, like, you know, touching his shoulders and standing out of the camera's view. That, that weird thing that Vince thinks goes on behind closed doors between men and women. Like, <laughs> this is, like, very common WWE thing. Like, door opens and woman just, like, leaning towards man like, with hand on shoulder. Barely like, touching their hair every once in yeah. a while. Yeah. Like, how long were you standing in that room doing that? <laughs> But, of course, it's Dusty Rhodes, and he makes us... He gives us the best audio of any of, of the two times yeah. he's on the show. America, Dream Dusty Rhodes? Can I help you? We're just, uh, just going to have a private conversation. You're going to have a private conversation looking for a room is what I suspect you're doing. Well, we're having a private conversation yes. out here. Yes. Me and my girls, I'm looking clean right here. Yeah, By the are. way, you need to beat it. There's no room at this end. And, hey... You looking good, Lucy. I think I heard that somewhere. Bye, guys. See you. This must be my date. So there you go. Yeah. So Dusty Rhodes had three with the Bella Twins. That's what we're implying there. Yep. Yep. That's it. Uh, so they promote Survivor Series in Miami coming up, but unlike the the Night of Champions, we haven't figured out what all matches are going to be there yet. Just. It's coming up in Miami. Uh, we go to match number three of the night, match one of this show, and guess what? It's Alicia Fox versus <laughs> Kelly Kelly. <laughs> and they don't match. even have their rookies with them. The rookies don't even manage. They're not even coming out to hang out. It's just the pros because we've given up on the show completely. I mean, what? Now First it's just all, like a roster of we, girls. Yeah. First of all, the fact that we managed to pick two episodes – and we landed on two episodes that featured Kelly Kelly and Alicia Fox in matches. It's just, just our luck. I, I almost want to be like, let's commit to just doing two episodes a week and go through this entire season and see how many times these two face each other. But <laughs> God, it is. Oh. But yeah, it happens. Uh, Kelly screams while she does a Fez press. She screams when she does a satellite head. Scissors. I will say. The arena, like, again, we don't have the crowd sweetening this time, and the kids right. here do chant for Kelly Kelly at one point. Like, they get a chant going after that Fez press. Well, listen, I mean, if you're a young man, there's a lot to like about Kelly Kelly. So it's, you know, her popularity is really not that surprising. No, that's not that's true. <laughs> um, Elisa Fox dumps Kelly out of the ring. She just and, gets back in. And the announcers don't give a shit about this match. Because it doesn't. No. this match has no effect on anything. They even mentioned, no. like, this has no effect on their rookies. It's just, you right. know, maybe they'll have good luck after this. But they're too busy talking shit about each other here. Oh, he is Dustin Rhodes, Hall of Fame. Well, anyone can steal your dates, though, Cole. What? That's great, Josh. Back that was up. so stupid. That <laughs> one. Oh, really, was he? Because you see, uh, 
Alicia, very vindictive. Unlike that forced line that you said on Monday Night Raw last night about Taylor Swift and Facebook. You didn't even know what Facebook was until social network came out. You thought it was something that you got at the library. Taylor Swift, I said last night, text me. That she wants you don't know Taylor Swift, Cole. You went, on, you went on what's cool with popculture.com and you found out that Taylor Swift has an album out. And there you go. Jesus. It sounds like there's a murder taking place in the background of that audio clip. <laughs> just, just, you went on what's cool in popculture.com and found out that Taylor Swift has a new album. You don't even like Taylor Swift. And then, oh, goodness. That was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I love the Alan Parker, I, I, director I, of Social Network, who just passed away. Oh, yeah, that is true. Um, I, I love that Like Josh Matthews is calling out that forced line you had on Raw last night. Like Once they hit on that, I was like, oh, these two are just talking shit to uh, each other now. Oh, it's, yeah, it's completely no fucks given. Cole <laughs> is also the worst kind of like person you insult who you get him. But he yeah. just does the, oh, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's good. That, that's the constant yep. Cole comeback to Josh Matthews jokes. Yep. So, knees from Fox and a leaping kick. She misses a scissors kick. Kelly hits the sunset flip for a two count. And then the, like, non-leaping famouser, like, just the leg-assisted smash her face into the mat and pins her somebody, one, two, three. Yeah, somebody backstage said they'd show her something cool. Cause and she and she because she did one of those like unnecessary it's, like it's I'm gonna wrap your arm like this and I'm gonna do like it was all this extra shit for yeah. just a rocker dropper. It's like, MVP's old is is that the rocker is that, is MVP's old move? Isn't that what that is? It, the page turn or whatever? Where like oh did she do the I thought it was just it's a just, rocker dropper because it's it's just without the turn part. She grabs the oh, arm right. like she's gonna push the turn and right. instead they just drop down and so yeah I guess that is the rocker dropper. Good lord, man. Oh. So, yeah, so Kelly Kelly beats Alicia Fox. Yay. Yeah, Michael Cole says, big win for Kelly Kelly. I was like, no, it isn't. This match doesn't mean anything. And no, he's being sarcastic. And then he says, we'll see if that has uh, has some luck for her rookie later on tonight during the elimination. And I'm like, well, her rookie's immune, immune. isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So now we see AJ and Primo. They're still looking for somewhere private yet again. And this time... We open a door and they find Hornswoggle making out with Maxine. Yep. And she says that he was choking and I was just doing CPR and is very embarrassed about the whole situation. Yep. So Primo still can't find a room to have sex with AJ in. That continues. Oh, uh, but Paper Jams has moved up from sponsoring NXT to sponsoring Survivor Series. Because <laughs> they were probably like, wait, that's not going to be on TV anymore? <laughs> no, we don't, don't want to sponsor that shit. Oh, so now another competition segment with Naomi and AJ still in the running for immunity, but for some reason we're still going to let the mathematically eliminated Caitlyn be involved. Oksana says, didn't, but Caitlyn will be here. Because what does he say? Like just so like the fans can get a look <laughs> yeah. at you or something? Yeah, something that you can continue to try to make an impression on the fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah we excuse ex- whatever. Jesus Christ! And this is. The, I mean, I just couldn't believe this was what the competition was the wedding gift scramble there's a bunch of gifts on the on the table inside one of these gifts is a flag whoever finds it wins it's it's fucking double dare like the middle of the like (laughs) ending segment there um cole Cole says if they were smart uh they would have just put it on top so this would end as fast as possible and this is what he (laughs) he's not happy with this just hold the flag up if you win it okay 
When I say go, no, start it. tearing into the presence. <laughs> On your mark, I'm laughing at something Michael Cole said. Don't mind me. On your mark, no one pays attention to him anyway. On your mark, start get set, Matt. go. By the way, if, if the producers were smart, they would have put the flag in the first gift so we'd get this stuff over with. Well, the producers are very smart, Cole. But anyway, Maxine and Caitlin. Oh, goodness. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Caitlin wins. In and they the don't second even box know. she opens. Yeah. Because I had to go back and watch it again because it was like she just like walks away all of a sudden yeah. and she's because she, she just has goes a in the corner. Yeah. Stryker literally said, hold it up so we know you win. And instead, she like nonchalantly goes and stands in the corner to open gifts. Yep. Yeah. So she wins. Thus, Naomi wins immunity. <laughs> and then we get. What I I am uh, so curious what in the actual like court like corporate meeting that they had like brought this about. What like have has Vince been just railing against the world for being against WWE for so I, many years? I I looked this up and Bleacher Report had like a thing on it around the time mm-hmm. that it happened. And it's really kind of unclear. Like Vince like, just got on Twitter and saw people were talking shit and was like yeah, it, Stand it, up for us, talk I feel like this was also, this would have been around the time Linda McMahon's political career. Yes, she's she's in the election that is happening this day. And so this is in response to the attacks on her. Because that makes you remember, sense. Because you remember what they dragged up, I think around this, because this was the one that I think she was still running for like Senate, Senator in New York or whatever. Is this when they brought, they brought up like up, the Katie Vick stuff and all that? And- they brought up the Trish Stratus stuff. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah, barking like a dog and mm-hmm. having her that shit got used against Linda during the yeah. her campaign, and among other things, they brought up other things like from the television. And oh, so this is, is that Vince, exactly what this was. Is. Like, oh no, no, we can turn this narrative on the actual media. This isn't wrestling this meatballs. Is, this is Vince. Like now that we've gone back and watched so many times that the yeah. WWE has been under attack, this is Vince's go-to method man it's it's all the big corporations trying to take down the family business this yep. every single time we're the victims how unfair everybody's treating us who has a similar oh i know it's yeah. it's so <laughs> it, it is so on the nose that it just drives me nuts yeah. but yeah oh I, I can't even with how comparable they are <laughs> um no that's what this is doing they this is and what just cracks me up and both of us being in the media know like this response we're not going to come back the next day and be like Oh, man. we were wrong about that Vince McMahon and yes. his company. Did you see that video they did promoting family values and how important this company was to the childhood memories of people? Yeah, all this was was them. So they, they brought in all their second and third generation superstars, and they told them, tell us childhood stories that were great about why wrestling made your childhood the best. And it's presented damn near without context. Yes. It's just like Josh Matthews just like they're very it's that very vague like uh, uh, after recent attacks from the mainstream media WWE felt it was necessary to d- mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. But how does this how does this de- how does this defend that at all? Like this doesn't make any sense. You, you still most of these people that they're all talking about are dead they, anyways. Uh, and you yeah go ahead. I'm sorry. Like it's just like the, all the things that are the the legitimate criticisms that are probably being brought up in addition to the storyline ones like. The, it's just so ridiculous that they think this is the answer. This is the way that you fix that by telling these heartwarming stories and making people think about, oh, but what about all the good times? What about the good things that came out of that bad situation? 
anytime Conrad presses Bruce on things like this over the course of history and time, and you can just tell why Bruce has gotten his job back a dozen times because he drinks the Kool Aid. Because he always will defend things like this, especially like if you know the the Trish saying, "Well, you know, we make it's the we make movies. You know, we're yeah. entertainment. We're not sports. You know, when Law and Order." murders a woman on their TV show. You know what I mean? Like he always, yeah. they, Wrestling loves to try to walk that line where when they want to be considered a sport, they are considered a sport. Uh-huh. And when they don't want to have to fall within the limitations of like being a legitimate sport, well, then they're entertainment. Yes. And they go back and forth and, that wh- how, whatever the conversation or the narrative they're trying to promote is. And like you said, he only uses that when it's convenient because that's also exactly. not a great excuse in this specific circumstance because... Yeah, it's scripted. That means you chose to do all of that. It wasn't yeah. like you chose to have her bark like a dog and make that the storyline. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't treat women a whole lot uh, better for even more now. Than a we're watching NXT divas like in like yeah. the bad the part that's now considered like the bad times of women in WWE. <laughs> Six women who could potentially be your leading lady stars of the next generation of wrestling. Yeah. And you're letting Josh Matthews and Michael Cole shit and piss all over. And making them kiss them and dance with them as the competition. So it's just, you get all the negative press you deserve. Like they deserve every bit of negative press they ever get. Absolutely. And so here we go. I'm not going to list all of them. Just a few of them that made that stuck out in my memory here. Cody says his earliest memory was being four and his dad putting him in a ring. And anytime he gets in the ring, he always thinks of that. Uh, Ted DiBiase tells a story that I call complete bullshit on. I remember meeting uh, Andre the Giant for the first time. He reached out with one hand and he palmed my head like a like a basketball. And he just picked me up with one arm and sat me on his leg. He said, how you doing there, little buddy? And you know, I, I walked around with him all day just making him pick me up by my head. I had a very strong neck as a child. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my, my body doesn't just, you know, come out of its socket whenever you pull me up by my head. So the thing about this video, though, is like, the video itself is what it is. Like, it's fine. Like, it's all these guys telling yeah. stories about the privilege that they yeah, were able to take advantage of. The wraparound graphics don't make any sense, but it, I don't mind just having story time with wrestling families. The other thing that I found really confusing about it is, like, the point of this video is they're trying to kind of tell us that, like, but you can stand up and help. the w- It's like, by doing what? <laughs> like... I don't even know like, uh, what your call to action is. Well, here, they can't you know? They can't officially tell us to go vote for Linda McMahon, but that's what they're trying to tell <laughs> us to do. Uh, yes, here's here's the announcers trying to explain to us the context of what we just saw. And ladies and gentlemen, you can log on to WWE.com. You can view 15 different videos of families, WWE employees, kids, celebrities, and even your homemade videos right now on WWE.com. Our problem is now we got to snap back to reality. Oh, yeah. Some more NXT. <laughs> there we go. Like, right back to the shitting. But the other thing about that whole thing, it's like, it's it's similar. You know, I watch a lot of, like, court stuff. Yeah. And it, remind, it reminds me of the thinking these, defen- these defense attorneys will have sometimes when someone will be on the stand for, like, burning down the house after they killed, like, their entire family with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And then they want to parade up their character witnesses yes, to tell you how great of a person they were or how misunderstood they are Mm -hmm. or how this is the reason why they did what they did. And you'll just see these judges sometimes just be like, 
that's enough. Like, that is, <laughs> you know, like you're not it's, going to change my mind just because a handful of people come up here and tell me that you're a nice person. Like, I won't, I won't go into the details of what the trial was, but I just had a trial this week where there was a rape allegation and they mm. brought in a character witness that was the manager of the local bank that happened to know the guy throughout his childhood. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, he was always real nice to me. Yes, they're always nice to you people. Yeah. It doesn't mean yep. they're not. You were terrible. never in a power imbalance like him and a six-year-old. Anyways, yeah, so, yeah, they, it, it is a weird thing that it always is, like, the way that they'll deflect in, like... Summer, but, yeah, he, I also just, like, I hate... Yeah. Like you kind of you alluded to the the vagueness of the way that they like telling us to stand it just drives me nuts. like so go to ww.com right now and we've got fifteen videos of right. of people from WWE talking about their families. But then he also throws in in some of your videos that you can upload to WWE. I was like, so we can how long have we been able to and why do you only have fifteen still? Like that is not a good number. <laughs> so yeah, some of the most blatant like propaganda I think I've ever seen this company like produce in my life. Yeah. Like, is weird to be honest with oh, you. but like they said we got to go back to reality Ugh, more nxt <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't take that time either to set up for this stupid wedding no it's like we get to watch the, the video to be over yep. and then they started setting up for this wedding all right everybody you got your hands on the lace all right go now go to the ring now go yeah, uh, well, we just wasted three minutes, but go ahead now go I, out there. I did like michael cole making the slide joke of the wedding of the night Um, so Uh, in two weeks the leader of Nexus will take on Orton, Randy Orton, the champion with John Cena as the special referee with the stipulation that if Orton wins John Cena is fired, but if Barrett wins Cena will be free of the NXT or of the Nexus and I remember being so excited about this build until they put that official title like stipulation on there and then they're like oh well there's the storyline, I'm done (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it was the John Cena Randy Orton feud that they backdoored into the John Cena Barrett, Wade Barrett feud. Yes, that this made was the, the Wade Barrett feud insignificant. The closest to John Cena turning heel, and it was an exciting, interesting storyline. And then they were just like, "Nah." <laughs> yep. So finally, AJ and Primo are just going to give up on trying to find a room, and then she pulls him behind. Stuff, you know, how they yeah, just stack like the those, things back. Those in. wheelie boxes that they put all their equipment in. Wheelie boxes, I love it. Um, and before we can find out anything about this love story that nobody cares about, Dolph Ziggler and Caitlin are wearing each other's faces out. And yeah, they're inside the wheelie all, box. Yeah, and this is all being broadcast over the big screen <laughs> where the four NXT pros have been sitting on stools. I- for an hour. I, I do love the continuity of that. Like, when they yeah. went out to Vicky and she's reacting to that happening, I was like, why don't we do more of that? Like, there's all kinds of times when it's like, someone should have seen that on the video. Like, were they just completely ignoring yeah. the show that's happening? I agree. No, I agree. I liked that part of it. Um, Vicky is, like, the only hope they have for this entire <laughs> season being interesting at all, and that's yeah. kind of bad. That's true. Um, but she's pissed and storms backstage. This is also kind of a weird, like, place to put Caitlyn because she's been kind of baby face baby yeah. face ish and Vicky's been mean to her yep but Dolph is uber not heel. A good guy character no so it's not like this endearing like Pam and uh you know although uh, they do have that like that twisted sense of because he was a heel that was in love with Vicky now because he likes a good looking girl it's he's it's <laughs> it's a, a face move you know in Vince's right. twisted right. view of the world 
<laughs> Only bad people date women that aren't attractive in Vince McMahon's eyes. You must be a bad guy. Um, yeah, so Caitlin and Dolph played dumb, like, oh, uh, what did you see? How much did you think you see? You, you know, you, there wasn't anything going on here. Because yeah. they have to stall so they can, before Wait they roll this pre-taped segment of Vicky backstage now. Now, was it pre-taped? I just thought they were stalling because Vicky just makes sure, because it's about seemingly the yeah. right amount of time. Cause it just seems like you wouldn't. This is a risky live shoot. I it guess is a risky is live shoot. You're not wrong. Because, yeah, as Vicky shows up, so does this wedding cake all of a sudden that's being carried by Big Dick Johnson and some random other producer. Yeah, Matt DeJoseph of also Lucha Underground fame. Which does uh, yeah, get a, a shout out from Michael Cole as he goes, Was that Big Dick Johnson? And he's like, No, no, that guy, he'd be too drunk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they have a cake. You know what happens next. Yeah. Caitlin throws it into Vicky's face. She yep. screams and throws a fit, and we then go back to ringside where wedding music is playing. Now, at least we at least we are freed of you make the rainfall for this this transition <laughs> segment. What we're not freed of, and this is something that they did slowly die off. Thankfully, the bumpers with the fun facts about the company and all their success. <laughs> Do you know the anime? Yeah. SmackDown was with, using with, Green Day at this time. I'd forgot about that being a theme song. Yeah. With the random SmackDown was the number one show for the fifth week in a row on Sci-Fi. Oh, I'm sure they were letting you know that every week because yeah. Sci-Fi was probably already still not happy with what they had gotten. <laughs> Interestingly enough, as ratings have gone to the toilet and they have real competition, they don't talk about these things anymore. Not as much, no. Uh, yeah, uh, NXT is close to being the top program on WWE.com. Haha, <laughs> says Michael Cole at the end of that because it's the only one. Um, out comes Cody. And now here comes Dusty Rhodes, and this is when they decide to take a shot at Chris Jericho. There will be so many people on hand. Amtrak, Lenny, Gizmo, Nick, maybe Wang Chung. It's going to be the best reception ever, Cole, at the patio. I heard Fozzie's playing at the reception. The like the chuckle Josh, fuck yeah, side right. of this it just drives me nuts though. <laughs> yeah, Josh Matthews has has like such a rat knacker giggle like after everything. Like, <laughs> like after everything, that's how he laughs. Oh um, man. Yeah, Cody and Dusty coming out to their theme music though is pretty awesome at a wedding. I do appreciate that. Horn swoggles your ring bearer. He makes his way out, and I was like, "Is that Mark Summers in the ring?" Nope, just some dude playing the efficient. I wish it was Mark Summers. Also, like, do do we need more horn swoggle? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't even do anything else. He just literally walks like, the rings. Today. That's that's why I like the fact that like Kelly Kelly and and Alicia Fox had a match. It feels like at this point they've just turned anybody that appeared on the show because of a storyline reason into this is the roster of this yeah. NXT, and they're just gonna these are the people that take the positions. What a sad existence that would be if you somehow fell into that NXT roster. Like, no, 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 I'm not on NXT. I don't want to be on NXT. Cole says he's got chills, and he blames the champagne that he's been drinking. Um, and then here comes Goldust, the groom, wearing the million-dollar championship belt. And I was like, is that just because he's in a wedding? Like, why is he wearing? Oh, there's another storyline happening. Um, that's, that's. I'm sure that's something we'll visit in the future, oh. how Goldust came to acquire the million-dollar championship. Yep. I do think... Him in a suit with that belt, it did look good for some reason. It, like, yeah, it, like, it fit. I thought it was, like, it was a good look for his character. Absolutely. And then Matthews tells Cole that, you know, this this wrestling business, you know it's all fake, right? <laughs> what the fuck? And look, at, look at the proud papa. Oh. I thought Cody and uh, Goldust hated each other. Cole, you know this isn't a real wedding, right? It, it's fake? <laughs> no. You just... 
the entire night for me. You're this is not real. Speculation abound. <laughs> Look at this. This is so touching. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. That's the other thing that's weird about this situation, like having the Rhodes family be involved, is it's like the Rhodes family's like struggles are very real over the years, <laughs> like of their affection and relationships with one another. Yeah. And so like they're kind of like playing this up a little bit, like how touching and sweet it is for them to all be in the ring together. Uh, well it well, it's just being shit on by the commentary. You know what I mean? It's like there's like yes. two different things going on here. Like the Rhodes family is trying to take this like Re, like kind reunion seriously yeah. while all of it's just being made fun of. Oh, so here comes the bride. Oksana is wearing all gold on her way to the ring. Cole says it's from the Vegas Showgirl collection. And uh, as the efficient begins, Cole laughs and just says, this is pathetic. And <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> What's the craziest thing is, is that there's a wedding next season as well, I think. Is there really? I think Maxine and Derek Bateman get married next oh, season. Oh, Jesus. I forgot about that. So, uh, anyways, go ahead. I'm Gold sorry. Dust says, Oksana, I know our relationship has been bizarre and under, un, untraditional. He promises she'll never forget the name of Gold Dust. Oksana says, thank you for saving me, and I promise to love you like I love this country. And she tries to start a USA chant. The crowd, <laughs> not having it. No. Connecticut is not a USA chant territory, apparently. Um, well, what they have forced these people to watch for the last forty minutes—true, like they're just—we had one match on the yes, show, and, <laughs> yes, and it was Alicia Fox and Kelly <laughs> Kelly. Oh, so, so the, anyway, so the wedding itself is pretty standard, you know, standard wedding stuff the, here. The minister uh, guy, like, was he stumbling at the beginning here? Is that what? I just well, have yeah, he they, can't speak. They, yeah, they couldn't be bothered to like find someone that's actually done a wedding before because they went and got an actor, it seems like, here, who's not great at this at the beginning. Um, but it's all standard stuff. And then we get to the objections. You know, is there is there anyone who has any objection to these two being wed, yada, yada, yada? <laughs> and then in a twist I have not seen, I don't believe, is the preacher himself. Well... The twist is Ted DiBiase Jr. coming out here and interrupting. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead with your preacher. I, I thought you were announcing the other preacher that we're about to have as uh, well. Yeah. So the, the, the preacher himself yeah. objects to this union. and then Without a three-minute warning, at least. What's that? So without a three-minute warning this time, though. Yes, yeah. And without the amount of time and makeup that went into the effort on that Eric Bischoff. <laughs> anyway... Anyway, um, he objects and says everyone has a price. Oh, man. And then oh. one of the worst theme songs of the history of professional wrestling would hit. <laughs> now it would come Ted DiBiase Jr. and Maurice. Oh, man. And, dude, Ted, the first his first line, it seems like he doesn't give a shit about this promo. And then, like, he starts to kind of give a little bit of effort. But the first line just sounds like he didn't care. Good for them. At least they're going to stop this lunacy. Oh, come on, don't act so surprised. I mean, this isn't the first what? time that money has destroyed a marriage. And now, now that this wedding is off, your precious little mail-order bride-to-be is going to be deported. No! 
Agent Dickapopoulos, will you please come out here? Oh, there he is. I cannot get over the name Agent Dickapopoulos. It, is, it has been in my notes like 17 times. Dickapopoulos, that's what they just called this man. There's that, and then there's also just Michael Cole and Josh Matthews snickering and making comments <laughs> under their breath like, while this entire thing is happening, it just cracks me up. Oh, don't be so surprised. <laughs> Goodness. It's like, no, we should be. Like, otherwise, this segment is useless. So, yes. Oh, man. Yeah. So, oh. Ted DiBiase. The, the agent walks out waving a, a pair of handcuffs at Oksana, by the way. I have to imagine that's against some sort of regulation for agent, you know, eh, behavior. Have you seen well, seen the way not I in this, not in this, you know, that was the pe- the previous administration. Um, yeah, so Ted says there's one thing that you can do to save this wedding, and you know what that is. Give me back my million-dollar title. And my Cole uncle, is just, like, snorting. Yes. Yeah. He, like, can't keep himself under control here. And, and Dusty but, Rhodes, go ahead. Well, but yeah, but, but the other thing before we get to Dusty is, why didn't he just give him the belt? Like, it blows my mind that, like, this man is threatening to ruin your wedding and have your potential wife have, deported. He must have, like, legitimately won it fair and square or something. And he so did. that's why, I like, I, yeah. I won a million dollars here, so why would I give that back to you? But Yeah, it was, yeah he won it at the previous month's pay-per-view, but still. Like, but yeah, from an NXT fan's perspective, if you've only watched NXT, it's probably just like, wait, why? Yeah, just give it back. Like, let let the woman stay in America. Um, that's, the un- that's the unofficial NXT championship at the time. But I, I, I also like was just so curious. Like, did they give Dusty Rhodes any guidance on this, or was it literally just? And then Dusty speaks because he just starts talking. Thank God, Dusty, you know save what? us! I knew something like this was going to happen, so I went ahead and I went all over the universe. I got on my cart and I went up to Rome, and the Pope was busy, so I went down to Mississippi. When I got down. Mississippi, I found myself a minister, a southern minister. He was sitting on a hot log. He was with a big old hound dog. And I said, I need you to come here and make these lovely couple feel good. So, Mr. Minister, come on down, Jack. <laughs> So, first off, I mean, not uh, obviously not all ministers, but the the irony of a, a preacher coming down to the money, money, money song is pretty fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But also, yeah, here comes Ted DiBiase Jr., who we're told is a legitimate ordained minister now, and uh, he, is. he, he is. has apparently decided to stab Ted DiBiase in the back and uh, ordain these two and, and allow Oksana to stay in the country and get rid of uh, Ted's, you know, his uh, leverage over gold dust. <laughs> it is just something to behold. I was, I was amazed. It was actually really, it, it was funny stuff. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, I also just laughed at Josh Matthews asking Michael Cole, if he knows who that is. Yeah. Josh Matthews. <laughs> Cole, do you know who that is? Oh. Yeah. Josh Matthews. Michael Cole's twice your age. I think there's a good chance that he probably knows who that is. Yep. Um, yeah. Awesome stuff. Te- the million dollar man comes to the ring um, Matthews also has a great point when he mentions that, wow, it was really great that Dusty had the forethought 
to find an extra preacher that's, just in case something like this happened. That's why I love that Dusty started his thing with, I knew so, I knew there was something that was going to happen here. <laughs> uh, Ted Jr. asks his dad, how could you do this? And the million dollar man just says that the look on his price, the look on his face is absolutely priceless. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's it. Why is it? I like twisting the knife in your back. Uh, let's get on with the ceremony. Give him the rings. Yeah, Gold and Dust- as if that hasn't been enough. Just wait. There's uh, more. Goldust says, I do. Oksana says, I do. They trade rings. They've been officially married. And then just as uh, he announces that you can kiss the bride, Dusty walks over and kisses Oksana first, right yes. on the mouth. And we get a shot of Goldust seeing this happen. Um, mm-hmm. And then he turns to Goldust and says, all right, now it's your turn. And... uh Oksana, just before they can kiss, slaps him in the jaw and stomps off to the crowd booing. Yeah. Swerve, bro! Yeah, and you know how much more of this there even is? None. Because next week she's, like, eliminated. Well, like, there's two weeks from now, they're the thumbnail on the show again, so I'm I'm assuming the storyline's going to continue regardless. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's never, like, any great reason given. Like, he's mad about it. Yeah. And... He just like in that punish. He punishes her by making her go have a match with like, I can't even remember who it is. And then she loses that match, and then she's eliminated that week. And that's Goodness. the end of it all. So, oh, so yeah, yeah. So she turned heel, and then she leaves. As Cole says, "Looks like Gold Dust will have to go back on the internet tonight." And I was like, "Is that an online dating joke? I don't know, or just a mail order bride joke?" Matthews thought it was hilarious again, so I don't, I yeah. don't know what that one was about. So now it's time for the elimination segment. We just had our main event wedding. Now it's time for the elimination that we've forgotten about. Um, and I'll tell you what, man. Maxine looks like she's going to cry from the moment that they get this segment started. I was like, she knows that she, this is her last night. Obviously, mm-hmm. this actually does mean something to her. Um, right. But the drum roll plays. Maxine's eliminated. Cole says, I don't care. I'm texting my wife. Like, as the drum roll's going, he doesn't give a yeah. shit about this elimination. Oh. And it's Maxine, and Cole says, oh, that's good. Eliminate the hottest one. Smart. And uh, Maxine gets a microphone to say goodbye. You know, Stryker, I understand that it's hard sometimes to wrap your mind around something different. And as you all know, I'm not the typical diva, or the typical woman, for that matter. That's right, sir. But you know what, WWE Universe? I will be back. And I will make sure that I reach where I belong. And that is on top. So thank you very much for the experience, all of you. Good luck to all of you. And I will see you soon. Well, we'll see you tonight, Max. Seen at the reception in the patio. Certainly a unique... <laughs> That's... That's goodbye, Maxine. She's gone. There's no music or anything. They just, she, it's, she's done. It's just it. It's, oh. it's so odd, like, the way she leaves, you know? Like, yeah. She's, like, genuinely disappointed. And... I kind of want to go back and watch the Jamie elimination so we can see her goodbye promo now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the announcers compare the looks of the remaining divas as we learn that Matt Stryker's favorite Caitlyn is still in the mix. Cole has this realization as the show ends. You realize we still have four more weeks to this. That's it? Only four oh, more? My. Best that internet is. show ever! No way! <laughs> that's, that's how they close. I mean, that, 
He's literally telling us not to watch this show. <laughs> Let the show die, please. It's, oh. It just blows the mind, man. Yeah, so that's, that's it. Once they got off sci-fi, it's obvious the company, whoever runs things, didn't give a shit about it anymore. It was just like, just make sure we get our contractual obligations finished and then be done with it. <laughs> it is just... It's just amazing like that they would be so open about how much they dislike doing this but job. Here's the thing. For a show that they obviously disdain, they have so much disdain for. They don't care about the show so much. They put they end up putting together a fairly creative wedding segment with like characters yeah. that I cared about, interactions that were interesting with right. like, you know, yeah. the heel Cody kind of being a babyface for a little bit because he's his brother and all that stuff's very interesting and they just like it's just thrown to waste cuz they they spend the rest of the time telling us how bad the show is. It is. It is. It, it is. Yeah, it's odd from that standpoint as well because you know there's a crew of people that like it's their job to put this show together. Yeah, and they are trying, you know. <laughs> and then to also like on the other hand have the commentary just basically like shit on all your efforts. It's just an. It's, so, it's just so strange, you know. Oh, so look. There's not like any star ratings that I could give this one. We only watched three matches. Um, looking at the discussion thread that I found based in the UK from the time of. There was a discussion of this episode, and there was only three people commenting on the actual show. There was like ten people in the in the discussion thread, and like the last few comments were people going like, "I wondered why this thread was so so busy," and it was because everyone was just talking about the fact that they watched Kevin Dunn talk about what we're going to, what's coming up, when everything is cued the whole time, giving Matt Stryker cues, that sort of a thing. Um, but the look on Gold does. Here's what Jimmy Redman had to say. He was the only person that reviewed the actual episode. Said the look on Goldust's face after Dusty moved in on his woman was awesome. The only good thing on this wretched show, apart from Cody, I hope they don't fire Maxine. She's really not that bad. And that was his thoughts. So, okay, yeah, those are fair. I, those are those are good thoughts. No, I mean, <laughs> Maxine's someone who clearly, I think, you know, I think all of them really, besides Jamie, had like kind of an aptitude for yeah. yep. being there and doing the job. You know, so it's no, why, I mean, it's and why, they, go ahead. What makes it almost that much worse? They had to go through this process because yeah, it's an amazing that any of these characters survived this. You know what I mean? That's the thing is when you look at their starting lineup and it's like, oh, five of these girls became like regulars and like yeah. marquee names for at least three of them. Like one of them should be in the ma- the Hall of Fame, but might not because she has a husband that isn't on good yeah. terms with the family. But right. like. <laughs> It's just amazing to me that, that, yeah, they all got started. Naomi, even, who's been there for forever at this point, got started in this. Like, this is the low point that she started with. Yeah. I mean, AJ and Caitlin would come out of this pretty well somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just, it must just be because so few people watched it. So it didn't yeah. have much of an impact on, like, your opinion of these people. Oh, so, yeah, so there's there's uh, two episodes of SmackDown, or NXT, season three. Of course, we might end up visiting season three in the future as well because there's some other fun uh, events that they got to take part in, including a costume contest where Naomi is at least dressed up as the hamburger helper, and I don't know why that's the case, but yeah, we'll see. I, it's, um, it's intriguing. Yeah, it is is intriguing. Also, the gong at some point shows up and, and disappears. But, Tony, we have to continue on now. There's another show that we're going to watch next week, and it's not NXT season three. So where are we headed for next week's show? No, we are going to break away from the NXT and uh, go all the way back to the golden 1991 itself for some Coliseum home video action. 
It's Rampage 91. Yeah. This is requested by Nick Opaluski, and it's in the uh, Coliseum video section. It's called Rampage 91. Um, if you're looking for it, it's the Brain and Mean Gene are playing golf while hosting the matches. Uh, we've got an okay. intercontinental title match between Mr. Perfect and the British Bulldog, Texas Tornado and the Warlord, uh, Rockers and the Big Boss Man taking on the Nasty Boys and the Mountie, uh, Ricky Steamboat's in action, Jake Roberts is in action, and uh, we've got All a right. main event of the Ultimate Warrior taking on the Undertaker. Is there anybody that we see two matches of? Well, that's been a that's been a staple that. of our, our Coliseum video samplings that we've had so far. I see no duplication. Oh well, then that's exciting. So we'll. Uh, well, there's power and glory. We, no, no, yeah, I think you might get a Paul Roma duplicate. Ah, so, okay. <laughs> one's a tag, one's a single. So well, we'll see how that that all turns out. I'm excited, especially for the in between stuff. That's always the fun part of those Coliseum home videos, and I'm sure golfing will be fun. With yeah, it's two. not Jimmy Hart telling us about his musical background. And oh, hey, Daddy, so. you know I had a million-dollar seller. <laughs> yeah, we know, Jimmy. Uh, oh, yeah, Rampage 91 next week. It's a request. We're looking forward to it. Absolutely. That's where we'll be next week. In the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so on Facebook or Twitter. For Facebook, just search for the name of the podcast, Golden Age of Grappling. For the for the uh, Twitter, it's at GrappleCast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Deadpool1205. Follow me, Tony G, at Beyond Sanity 19. And we'll catch you next week for Rampage 1991. So this week, I think the pandemic wrestling has maybe come to a head when Raw's third hour does a 1.4 with now, two championship matches. What's generally been, like, a good Raw lately? Do you know, like, what the number would have been? Well, not much better than that. This is an all-time low. <clears throat> okay. I wondered if it was an all-time or not. Like, cause... Yeah. I think the show overall did, like, a 1.6 or 7. Gotcha. So, so, but the biggest problem, though, with that third hour is that you had a Raw Women's Championship match with Sasha and Asuka, you know, the culmination of the pay-per-view and all that yeah. stuff. Um. And then you had the Drew McIntyre Dolph Ziggler match. I forgot that they were doing that on Raw. I didn't realize. That yeah. Was the case. So, and I think I think the the women's title match may have been like just outside of the hour or whatever. It was you know, it's lumped in there too. I think I saw some people trying to like excuse now, it, but Tony, we got to be fair here. We got to be fair. What did they do in the key demo? That's the- <laughs> oh man, don't even get me started on key demos. Chris Jericho is such a freaking troll, and I'm about to unfollow him on Twitter because I just can't take it. Like he's just he's totally playing that demo god thing, and I respect uh, him for it, but it annoys me because people, oh, you know, don't yeah. get it and just keep going at him, and it's you know, sure. kind of funny but kind of annoying. Um, but yeah, I think what it's what it really says is wrestling could be in real trouble with all these sports coming back. mm Hmm. Real trouble. Oh yeah. Like I didn't think about I, that when when we were looking at that being on the horizon. I didn't even think uh-huh. about the fact that that is an immediate competitor for people's attention. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man. Like I was lapping it up yesterday. Oh, basketball I'm, from like noon to midnight yesterday. <laughs> I'm sitting here wearing a hockey jersey. Like I've been watching right. hockey for the last like three days. Like that's yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you you got your baseball kind of back. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and and uh, Meltzer had even mentioned that 
the sports fan like demographic will probably hurt WWE more than it will AEW. Ah, I just mean, because of that. Just because if you think about the the, it's a, more of a niche audience of the true. wrestling audience that already exists. You know, like those yeah. are your more hard. At least we'll see what happens. But I would imagine those are your more hardcore wrestling fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Aside from Whereas, aside from the you know the the hundreds and hundreds of NBA fans they picked up from being so close to those games throughout the their scheduling. <laughs> yeah, you would have hoped that that would have gave them a little bit of a better bump. Um, so yeah, not not great news there. I mean, we've talked about it. The empty arena stuff's kind of run its course, and yeah, pe- like, people are kind of sick of it. You know, you have to have some sort of like. And here's the thing: is what I'm learning now. And I don't know when we'll specifically talk about that, this specific element of it, but what I'm learning is that if you put a tournament on the storyline, and it doesn't matter if there's an empty arena, I can get into it. And that's kind of what's happening in the world of sports. We've got tournaments that are happening that I care about. (laughs) Yeah. And even though there's no fan there, it matters. And so I feel like, you know, with AEW bringing back the women's tournament, New Japan continues Mm -hmm. just with their tournament schedule, it seems like. Yeah. Like, that seems to be the way to go. No, I mean, that's... it. Something on the line, you know, it makes it gives you a reason that you have to tune in, you know, as far as especially, yeah. you know, single elimination, Which that kind of stuff is a problem for WWE because they've spent so many years expanding their schedule to have so many hours of programming that, yes, like if, even if you decided to go with the tournament, it would just be nonstop and it would be overwhelming. And like if right. Raw was just consumed by a tournament, I don't know that that would be much better either. <laughs> no, yeah, that's three hours true. of to, anything is hard. Yeah, you'd have to have a good hook. That's for sure. Um, you know, outside of that, um, Raw overall, I didn't think was all that bad. Uh, Randy Orton made it known that he wants to be WWE champion. So Randy's heated himself up all the way to a title shot at SummerSlam. Hey, mo- Good for him. At least Randy's got some sort of motivation. He's been had about three years that he hasn't had one. So. Yeah. The only thing that bugged me about this entire Orton situation throughout the night is Randy comes out at the beginning of the show and cuts this promo. And Dolphin Drew are still fighting like that night, and he just <laughs> talked about Drew McIntyre, yep. and you were uh, you were you know all this stuff about they, you used to be the chosen one, and I feel like they almost do that every single time that they're going to have a title match like on right. a weekly show. <laughs> yeah, and then when before the match, Drew came out and cut a promo about Orton, <laughs> like before he was about to have a match with Dolph Ziggler. And like Dolph even came out and was like, "Yeah, hey Drew, you know, thanks for talking about somebody else before our title match." And <laughs> it was just like, yeah, that was a little strange. He didn't have much hope for Dolph to begin with, and that definitely didn't help. So no, not at all. <laughs> so that was, you know, whatever. It'll be good stuff with Orton. You know, he's been he's been hot, been doing a good job. So it'll be yeah. good for Drew to have that feud there. Um, and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler is something we might be getting in the near future. We'll see what happens there. They brawled like twice on this show. Every time they tried, like they got close to one another. So mm-hmm. that's a match that I wouldn't mind seeing. Those yeah, I'd two. be fine with that. Be good stuff. Um, number one contenders at SummerSlam were determined in a triple threat tag team match. Angel Garza and Andrade were victorious over the Viking Raiders and Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. So they will face the Street Profits at SummerSlam. That will be good stuff. They've kind of already been feuding, so it makes sense that now a cloud just came out. Yes. How many weeks do we have till SummerSlam? When's that actually happening? Twelve. No, I don't know. I <laughs> I would I, imagine it has to be this month. I was, so. saying, I was just I just I was like, oh yeah, it's August now, so that's that should be coming up here. 
SummerSlam, September 23rd. Um, <laughs> no, like they're because they, you know, they've been coy about the location and like they were mm-hmm. holding out hope that they were going to be able to do it outside of the performance center. You know, they were trying to wait as long as they could. And just this week, I feel like they started to talk about yeah. SummerSlam for the first time, you know, so. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's on the horizon. <laughs> like I said, I would hope before the end of August. Otherwise, well, it would be kind of silly. Yeah, I just didn't know if it was going to be like next week. And it's like, oh, shit, right. we got to. SummerSlam's here. I hadn't really brought it up last week because I was like, eh, I don't know if there's much, you know, any fire to this smoke. But there's been this Nation of Domination talk for the last okay. couple of weeks about the MVP group with Shelton and Lashley mm-hmm. and that Mark Henry had been backstage and they just hadn't been using him. Really? Like he was backstage like two weeks ago and they just didn't end up, they didn't end up pulling the trigger on it. Uh-huh. And then it was like, we're not doing it at all. And then this week on Raw, they just have shots backstage of Mark Henry talking to people. Like, <laughs> eh, they go to break. Oh, there you see Mark Henry. He was talking to Bianca Belair and Ruby Riot. Okay. Just, and, they, and they were just like smiling and nodding while he was talking. <laughs> and then that was kind of it. Wow. And then later, like the, the MVP stuff happens. And I was like, is this is something going to happen here? And then nothing happens. <laughs> so... I don't know if they were just like, ah, Mark, we decided we're not going to do that Nation of Domination thing, but since you're here, why not? Why don't you go stand over there and talk to Bianca and Ruby that might be. while we go to a commercial break? That's weird. Or they're, or they're really slow playing it, and they're just, you know, I dripping feel, it out there. I wonder, because maybe they were planning on this. Like, you know, Did it say that he had been around for weeks, or is this the first week he was there? No, no. This is at least like the second week, I think, that he was okay. confirmed like backstage. Obviously, this week he was on TV. I haven't seen the talk. All I've seen was the comment of like, not every group of black guys in wrestling is the nation of domination. Well, and like, and so I wonder if, because because that was all I saw. I didn't know how big it got. I didn't know if that right. was like a viral tweet or anything. And so right. it would make me laugh if like Vince was like, we're going to have the new nation of domination and like a viral tweet hits. And they're like, we can't do it yet we have to wait I, I, I feel like that's probably what the conversation's been for like a month <laughs> since this mvp thing started is that vince has wanted to call it the nation of domination the entire time and they've been like vince <laughs> nobody wants you to call this the nation of domination like because the other because the one thing i have seen online is that you know if you do it the nation of domination you know like they better be they better be faces you know what i mean yeah yeah, like this wouldn't be a good time to have like yeah. a radical group of like you know black wrestlers that are <laughs> disturbing the order or whatever. You know no. what I mean? Like you can make a faction, mm-hmm. just and I think and I keep meaning to remember the name of the because they have named this MVP group. Oh, have they? Like the Hit Squad? Or I just okay. I, just, I can't remember now. So I feel like they've already, they're not doing this Nation Domination thing. And Mark Henry, they're like, sorry, you're, you'll make it too Nation of Domination-y. We have to keep you out of yeah, it. Yeah, we can't, we can't let you in. Um, Dominic Mysterio came out and Seth wanted to, you know, like, offer him whatever that BS. He, you know, he's his always dad's talking eye about. His dad's eye back? Is he giving him his dad's eye back? Yeah, he's giving him his dad's eye back. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dominic came out and, of course, just attacked Seth immediately and... Seth offered him his guidance, and he got his ass kicked. And then Alistair Black came out to help, and he got his ass kicked, and his eye got shoved into the steps. What? Jesus. So at this, so at this point, Rey Mysterio, <laughs> Alistair Black, and Humberto have all like lost oh an eye, God. or at least nearly lost an eye. 
This is a this is someone's got to get control of this man. Like this is out of control. Dominic eventually ran him off with a kendo stick. <laughs> but I keep waiting for Joe to stand up. Like Joe has had times where he's made it sound like he might do something okay. about it. But then sometimes he also plays heel announcer, so it's kind of hot and cold <laughs> with him. Like sometimes he's like, "This is what has to happen if you get," you know, like he kind of yeah. goes that route with things too sometimes. So, um, but yeah, that would be awesome. Is if you know maybe Joe was the one to put a stop to things. Kevin Owens isn't healthy enough; otherwise, he probably would have. Uh, yeah, Nin- yeah. Lashley, ninjas, nothing of note. Sasha beat Oscar by count out. <sighs> So she still wins the belt. So Oscar's still champion, or Sasha's the champion? No, Sasha's still champion. Yes, the person who illegally won the title when her best friend made the three count now also still gets to be the champion via via winning by count. So whatever, and they did it in the worst way possible. They put like Bailey up on the big screen, and she was like assaulting Kari Sane like in the parking lot, and so Oscar like ran out to save her friend and got oh counted my out. Gosh. And then Kari Sane's gone now. They're like they literally <laughs> killed her off. Okay. So, yeah. uh, like I said, yeah, Drew cuts a promo on Orton. And he accepts the match at SummerSlam. Even I was like, "Good God, you guys are just awful." And uh, Drew made it. And this is the other thing too. This made me so mad. They so you know he's teased the stipulation. He's going to tell him the stipulation right before the bell rings and blah blah blah. We've been waiting weeks for this. Mm-hmm. And this son of a bitch comes out here and says, Dolph, we're going to have an Extreme Rules match. Just like we did at Extreme. It's like, that's the match <laughs> Dolph picked two weeks ago. And then you picked it? An Extreme oh. Rules match. Great. It shows how tough I am. That was the one he thought he had the best best chance, and I went with it anyway. God, why? <laughs> I just, I couldn't. Uh, and then he beat Dolph, of course. And uh, post match, Randy hits an RKO on him. So I just don't understand been, the WWE's been ins- insistence on just repeating things all the mm-hmm. time, and they just they can't. It's like they think that that's what the fans. It's like no, it's not. We don't want to see. It. You've already shown it to us. Like we, we watched that. We don't know what we want. Okay, Vince tells us what we want, and yeah. we'll, we're just gonna like it. They've actually done like a big study, and they found that most WWE fans. Are actually like there's the hardcores that watch every week, but the majority are actually on alternating schedules of bi-weekly shows. So you have to double everything up, otherwise you won't get everybody. <laughs> Sons of bitches! It's probably exactly what the research they have. <laughs> uh, a little bit of dynamite. We talked about some dynamite already. Uh, we'll hit the other things here. Fun opener, inner circle, uh, taking on best friends in Jurassic Express. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just it's it's uh. It's just been impressive to see, like how the inner circle and Chris Jericho have really helped establish all five of these guys. Really, mm-hmm. you know, over the course of the last few months through various feuds and things. So I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. They've kind of been interwoven, you know, in different ways. So fun match there. Good to see. Uh, I think and I like kind the, of fell apart, but. I liked the team of five name of the best friends and friends. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Works for me. Um, TNT title. Really, really cool stuff here. Um, awesome seeing Warhorse on national TV. Uh, I thought his match with Cody was really good. Like, I was. Yeah. There was, I was impressed. I was a little, you know, at the beginning it was pretty, ob- you know, it's obviously Warhorse is still a little bit new to this. Um, 
I don't right. know. I, just, I felt like you could tell specifically in the Irish whip that it wasn't the smoothest with him yeah. and Cody, but they seemed to k- get things figured out. And there's just the overall story that they told of like this unknown indie guy coming in who's been getting at Cody for weeks, probably has been mm. studying his matches and thus has a counter to all of his big moves, at least for the first couple attempts, you know? And mm-hmm. I loved that little storyline that they told throughout this whole match. And then that combined with Cody kind of continuing this uh, Okada cocky transformation thing right. where he is does he the die, Okada is he spots. Dye his hair red? Yeah, well, no, that that would be no. He see, the, I don't know. He wants to be the like golden Okada, seemingly. Right. But yeah, that like he did the chest slap spot, and that seems heelish. And then you know the push up stuff from Scott Steiner oh, yeah. that he stole and. And I like the, that Arn isn't happy with any of that stuff and that he's just like, God damn it, you're going to lose us the match because of this. Uh, but yeah, I thought that this match was... A, I, I started being a little bit underwhelmed, and by the end of it, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was one of my favorite parts of the show. Absolutely. Yeah, no, great stuff. You know, We kind of discussed the aftermath already with the uh, debut of Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona. Yeah. So. Yep. But yeah, awesome stuff there. Good to see Warhorse. Um now that they've done Kingston and Warhorse, it's like, I have no idea well, who's next. Like, <laughs> Pineapple Pete gets a chance at the TNT title. I mean, why not, right? Um, yeah, we, we, we shall I mean, see what happens there. he's probably on a three-match oh. three winning streak on Dark that I don't know about. So, <laughs> Well, they're already, they're already breaking it this week, though, because they're uh, having a tag match. Oh, it's okay. Cody and Matt Cardona against the Dark Order. So, Gotcha. Uh yeah, tag team title match, Dark Order that they who they've been talking about <laughs> since like the beginning of the year. How they were undefeated and they mm-hmm. they've been the number one contenders for the tag belts since like January. Well, but, they they put it off just long enough that the fucking uh, you know pandemic hit and then yeah. then they couldn't do it and so we had to put yeah. it off even longer and then it's like well we can't just have them the first week they're back do it <laughs> so it's suddenly finally we're here and <laughs> yeah. it's time to have finally, this match. <laughs> Yeah, finally it happened. Um, it was, of course, a you know great match. Solid stuff from all four guys. Uh, Page and Omega picking up the victory. Mm-hmm. Solid stuff there. What's that? The buckshot V trigger or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool. It's you know I like anytime that you have the the double team kind of finish mm-hmm. maneuver there. But uh, right, I don't know. What did you what do you think of of that that combo? I love it. Like I think it's you know like you said I think it's it when timed right it's cool as hell so mm-hmm. I'm a fan but yeah they lose um, Brody Lee had allowed Colt Cabana to join the commentary team and I love that someone finally made the, the <laughs> made the uh, comparison that Colt Cabana is the like celebrity who's involved in Scientology <laughs> and is like you know really valuable from a financial standpoint so they yeah. shy they shy them away from all like the weird stuff for the time being <laughs> i like but that. yeah so, he, so yeah he was out there along with anna J, who they like refused to ever put on camera for some weird reason like that's you weird. saw her walk out there and like shivani and jr of course both, both made like horny old man comments about her and then <laughs> uh <laughs> and, like they don't really ever show her like so they i don't know I thought that I was kind of weird. That, right. It was the first time that you come out with them, so I was like, "You think they'd want to like make that play a it focus?" Up a yeah, but no. So after the match, Brody Lee's pissed. He like sends Colt and Anna Jay both backstage, and then goes into like angry cult man mode <laughs> and begins punishing Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. And uh, Adam Page laughs, and that upsets Mister Brody Lee. 
and uh, he tells them they have strength in numbers, and he's pissed him off for the last time. And then a bunch of the Dark Order goons just come from all sides of the ring, and uh, FTR <laughs> and the Elite would run everybody off. I kind of wish that instead of that, like, we're going to jump you right now, he was just like, no, no, I've got numbers. Next week, you get challenged by these two guys that are part of the Dark Order. And then if you lose <laughs> that one, you'll have to face these two guys from the Dark yeah. Order. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's hard to be too intimidated by, like, goons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, next week, it's five and ten versus you guys. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, I don't even, I'm not, I'm not even impressed by five and ten. Like, that's... No, especially since I don't know who four, three, two, or one are, or, right. you know, six through nine. Well, they're four, three, they're like the are Stu and Uno and Brody Lee a part of the numbering? I have no idea. I don't know. So, anyway, uh, Hikaru Shida beat Diamante, who again has recently just come into the company, and they had a solid match there. And then we found out DP that not only are we having this women's tag team tournament, yes, and we had discussed where will you get these teams, and you know how how will these pairings go, yeah. and, you know like that, that could be fun. No, they're going full battle bowl, and we're lethal lottery, the lethal lottery style, which which is fine. But, but also, it just like because remember when they did the what was what did they call their version of the war games? Who AEW oh, uh, AEW? Oh, blood and guts or whatever. Oh, that was right. They ended up calling it blood and guts because. But when they first announced it. Or when it first was mentioned, Cody mentioned yeah. it as the match beyond. And, oh, yeah. And so it's like when he said that. So then as soon as they said the word deadly draw, I was like, oh, that's a lethal lottery match. That's what they're doing. And then like literally by the end of the turn or by the end of the, the match, we go to the graphic here and it's exactly that the lethal lottery. So random picks here. Everyone picks a color. If you match a color with the other team. Then that's your team color, and so it's like I I kind of like that too because then we get some Legends of the Hidden Temple style stuff. I'm hoping for some True. colored gear from all the the teams here, some purple parrots, some you know. Yeah. Oh, I think they all should be forced to go out and get like coordinating ring gear after they're made a team. <laughs> so. And there better be a battle ro- battle royal at the end, and the winner gets a ring. It's been a while since they've given out a ring. I think it it's has time to been. give out another. One. Yeah, that was that was back in the early days. <laughs> um, but no, but this will be fun. And then here's the thing, and sorry about my ignorance, because I'm, if it was her, I was my brain was exploding. Was that Cameron of like Funkadactyl fame? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I don't know. I didn't. I didn't okay. look it up. Like that was literally the last segment I saw on Dynamite. Like it was, I saw that as we were logging on here, and uh, I thought I saw people online being excited that that was her. It might be. Let me and see. And I was here. just like. I was like, you should, no one should be excited about that, for one thing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think that's who Nyla Jax is. Nyla uh, Rose. Sorry, Nyla Rose's partner is. So, along oh. with Vicky, that's quite a... No, yeah, that is former WWE superstar AEW Cameron. <laughs> Good God. Reveals her she has name. one of those. Re- she has one of those very unique and kind of See, odd that- followings online. That was her AEW debut. The, That's what I thought. They made it like her re, her interaction with Nyla made it out like she had been here earlier in the year and had done something that upset Nyla and <laughs> now is back. <laughs> They're like, oh, man, you know what, guys? We forgot to air that. Remember that thing that we shot? <laughs> that was one of those Mark? dark episodes we cut. Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, we forgot to. Yeah, because I was just like, 
She didn't like announce herself because I'm sure she won't be allowed to be Cameron. It'll be no. They said her know. name. I can't remember what it was though. Okay. Yeah. So that didn't help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I was just like, is it? And I was like, oh god. Her Whatever. real name, hey. Arian Andrew. Okay, well, that's a good name either way. So there you go. It works out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, if we're gonna have sixteen, isn't it sixteen teams? I don't know how many teams it was. I didn't see the. I didn't take I a picture it, of the graphic. I just saw the the you know the teams are randomized, and I was like, all right, here we go. You're also taking right. account things like you know Chris Statlander just had surgery this week, so yeah, so she's, she's not still going to be a part. Be out for a long time. She won't she won't be a part of this. So yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see who all comes in and gets involved. It's a chance to you know create some new stars, maybe bring in some old fan favorites like Cameron. Apparently, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> MGF, yeah. MJF gave his state as Wait, AEW was, address. Was it Cameron the one that had that like ridiculous favorite match of all time? <laughs> no, no, no. I think she was a part of it. I oh, feel like okay. One of those girls on that tough that enough. Tough I can't enough remember. Might have been the might have been the beauty queen <laughs> or whatever. I can't remember. But yeah, her uh, favorite wrestling match of all time was like Melina versus Cameron or something <laughs> like that. I can't remember what it was. Okay, okay. It All was right. just or Steve Austin's face, man. But yeah. Um, so MJF gave his state of AEW address, made it known he wants to be champion. Uh, I support that part of it. The rest of it is he's a bit much. <laughs> this like, is literally like the last like shot I even saw of the show was them knocking on his door. And so I was just like, oh boy, this is going to be over oh, the yeah. top, I'm sure. So I wasn't yeah. sure how I was going to feel about this, but you're saying so it was a, a bit too much for you? Listen, I'm not maybe the best on this, too, because I appreciate and recognize like his ability and his talent, mm-hmm. but he is literally obnoxious to me at times, <laughs> like oh, to yeah. the point of it's not like heel heat. It's like, good God, man. It's like, like why do we up. keep supporting this? Right. <laughs> it was just a little long-winded, I felt like, Okay. you know, overall, and... It was, was it, all very well done. Was it know, a legitimate, like, did they just steal this off from Andy Kindler's, like, we yearly state of comedy? Like, was that what he was doing, or was it completely different? I mean, I don't know. It was, it was just him basically pissing and moaning about how he should be the champion, he should be the face of this company. and Okay. You know, that, but it was done on, like, you know, very politically, like, a podium and that, gotcha. that, kind, of a, that kind of a presentation. So his acting classes kicked in, I suppose. <laughs> I've been either. I've been writing this monologue throughout the entire time that I was gone during quarantine. Right. So you guys got to let me do it at some point. Yeah, uh, fun main event with Moxley and Darby Allen beating Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Uh, there was a thumbtack skateboard involved. Damn, Ricky Starks took the tax. Uh, yeah, solid stuff though. And now we're gonna get Moxley versus Darby Allen. So did. The, what's what kind of a sense from Ricky Starks' character are you getting? Because you know he seemed to have a lot of character in his first match, but then he was just suddenly just like the lackey of Brian Cage, and I haven't well, seen him a whole lot now, since then. Yeah, he's he's kind of falling into a tough guy sidekick to Brian Cage kind okay. of a deal. I mean, I think I mean, Taz because like with the character that Taz has and with the 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 like yeah. the sense of of the emotion that they've given this Brian Cage character and the the direction that they've given him it didn't make sense that like pretty boy Ricky Starks like right. you know flashy talker you know no, almost the rock like style yeah, promo yeah. Ricky Starks would, was going to be showing up there 
No, yeah, it seems like there's a bit of a change in the character, at least for the time being, while he's probably aligned with Taz and Brian Cage. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it definitely seemed like it was noticeably different, so we'll see okay. if that continues or not. Um, solid episode of NXT. Uh, the opener, Io Shirai and Tegan Knox beat Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae in a very solid exchange there. Dakota Kai has uh, made it known that she's the number one contender for the women's championship, so... We'll see if that ends up being the case come takeover. Did she declare herself that, or did she win a match to become that? She kind of declared herself that, and as <laughs> we'll find out later, William Regal doesn't like that. Okay, so gotcha. He, he'll probably end up addressing that as well. Um, we haven't talked about this, because I didn't really know what to make of it, and now I completely know what to make of it, and so I don't have to worry about sounding like an idiot. The Pat McAfee-Adam Cole <laughs> conversation. yeah. yeah. When it initially happened, I'll give credit to both guys. And I'm such a Mark Wrestling fan as well, probably. But, but I mean, it was it felt very raw. You know what I mean? Like, like, it, like the TV show clip? Raw? Or did you... I saw the clip because Sean sent it to me. And right. my first response was, wait, people thought this was real? And Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't necessarily, like, think... It, I didn't know necessarily what to make of it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Because... It did. I mean, it is. It would have been one thing for Cole to like go off and cut a promo on Pat McAfee. Yeah, but it was the use of the f word. <laughs> was when I was just like, man, you know, it seems like they wouldn't. That wouldn't have been the case. You know what I mean? In, in a in a work situation. So well, that's what. While made it- I was, I was pretty much immediately like, well, this is a work of some kind. Yeah. But just the use of the language, I was like, well. <laughs> That seems like, you know, that seems pretty angry and not necessarily something that they would have been all about. But it just to me, I and maybe it's because I've been listening to podcasts for so long. Like, right. It felt like a thing that a lot of people tried to do at the beginning of the pot. Like they would try to, like, create some drama on the show by, like, right. they would have these explosive things. And sometimes it worked out and sometimes it was real. Sometimes it wasn't. But this one to me, like, it just it felt like two guys just trying to get some attention on a podcast and. And that's well, what they yeah. they did, but like you said, with the f word, it doesn't. It didn't. Like I didn't feel like it was WWE designed this. To me, it was just these two guys are buddies, uh, like maybe and Adam Cole is trying deal. to help out Pat McAfee get some attention on his podcast. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good way to think about it. Look at yeah, that was just my thing. I was like, well, this isn't a clip they can show on no. Raw. You know what I mean? I was, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was no. Like, so that was the other reason why I was just like, <laughs> this just doesn't feel like something that they would have been a part of because of that. You know, like, they're not. Yeah. Gonna, but they have, of course, proven me wrong on that as well and used bits of it. Oh, okay. But now Papa H has come on Pat McAfee's show and, like, there was a whole apology thing. And so it's kind of. Gotcha. That so was, we're, it's like, are oh, we okay, getting an okay. Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee match then? Is that what they're doing? I, I don't know. Well, because the thing is, another reason why I kind of figured it was BS was it, this goes back years at this point. Okay. Remember when, you know, when Pat first came into the company. And they had had exchanges, and they had had words. And then even when I went to that live show in Indy, you know, Pat like got involved in one of Adam Cole's matches. And ah. and like, so like this has been going on for a while between these two, and they've always they, they've jabs back and forth. Yeah, even on Twitter since Pat's not necessarily with the company anymore yeah. and all that. So, but that is that that's the other thing that that keyed me off to the fact that I thought that it was a work is the fact that it, it was it was, you know, it. it the turning point was talking about his size. And I've heard right. Adam Cole 
jokingly talk about his size on every podcast he's ever been on. So I know that that's not necessarily an actual, you know, soft spot for him. So that's why when that was the reaction to that, I was like, wait, that's not something that he would give a shit about. <laughs> right. No, you're right. No, that, no, you're not wrong about that. So, um, yeah, more to come on that. It's been interesting. And we'll get to a little bit more Adam Cole here in a second because kind of had some interesting thoughts on that. Two really good matches in a row. Johnny Gargano beat Roderick Strong and Mercedes Martinez, who has a really good presentation, cool nice. entrance. She's got like a whole get up going on. Like, you know, they, you can, I, I feel like this is, they're definitely going to be fully behind Mercedes. Good. Um, and she picked up the win over Shotzi Blackheart in a solid match. So good stuff there. Keith Lee called out Karrion Cross. Cameron Grimes came out instead. I don't know that this is unanimous amongst the people. I love Cameron Grimes, and I think his I character is hilarious. I hear a lot of good things about Cameron Grimes, man. I love how stupid over the top it is. Uh, the hat, for some reason, is an amazing prop. He's just so, like, swarmy, annoying. Like, he's he's just, I don't know, I think he's a good heel character. And he's, like, enough of a threat that you want to see the matches, but yeah. you also know he's probably going to lose. Gotcha. But for some reason, it doesn't seem to hurt his character because he's kind of been the jobber to the top guys for the last year or so. But um, when he when he comes out, I still laugh when he starts going into his whole like southern accent maybe, gimmick and stuff. Maybe they've already done that, but I want like a a, a little like a, a nodding joke to like an interaction between him and Keith Lee about them being like unofficial brothers because they're both Lees. Because <laughs> like, well, and their little thing goes back for a while too because he was like. Making fun of Keith Lee for giving up the the North American title mm-hmm. and all, and defending it against him, and because they have they've had a little bit of a history. But anyway, uh, that was all just a distraction. Scarlet appeared on the entrance under ominous lights, and you know that whole deal. Yeah, and Carrying uh, Cross appeared on the screen, cut a promo asking Keith Lee why he stood by and did nothing while his friend suffered. Um, you know, Carrying tells him that he wants a shot at the title. Or he's going to find out the hard way what will happen. And Keith Lee says, pick a time and place. And uh, Regal's not happy about that. <laughs> he got a promo <laughs> later in the show saying that I'm the man that makes title matches around here. And title matches are earned. So, Yeah, y'all, y'all can have your personal feud bullshit matches, and I'll let you make those ones. But if it's a title yeah. involved, that's my decision. Right. Um, Imperium, the NXT Tag Team Champions, beat Everrise. What's interesting about that is post-match, the Undisputed Era came out and attacked and uh, they've they like claimed they're they run this place. Okay, so I feel like I feel like they've changed their minds about Cole for the time being. Because <laughs> well, it was very they they, got, they hadn't really been a thing for a couple of weeks, and now they like cut a promo talking about how like you know they run NXT. Oh, so. gotcha. Oh, so like Cole was part of that group that was cutting yeah. that. Oh, okay, so I mean that's like, oh. interesting. I, I will say that that at least brings some light to the NXT tag team title division. Cause I feel like they've kind of put that on the back burner with this Imperium run. Like they're, they've well, been there, but they've not been like focused on it anyway. No, I know. It's like, are they, are they not in the country at times? I thought like maybe they had, they'd gone somewhere. <laughs> I was like, great idea to put your tag belts on them and then have them go home. Oh. Uh, yeah. Swerve beat Jake Atlas in a really good matchup. And then the main event, North American title qualifier, triple threat, bit of a surprise here. Dexter Loomis, Picks up the victory, beating Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher in the triple threat match. So, all right, we now have Bronson Reed and Dexter Loomis have qualified for the ladder match at Takeover so far. How many people are going to be in the ladder match? I don't know if I. I don't think they've said. Probably five or six, though. They're like we're going to have eleven qualifying matches. <laughs> 
I mean, five or six would be my guess. They might do less. Who knows? Okay. I'm not I, I'm not positive about that. Um, time t- will tell, I suppose. Yeah. Um, SmackDown, AJ Styles defended his title against Grand Metal Leak in a really solid match. Uh, Jeff Hardy talked about how grateful he is to be on SmackDown, and then Baron Corbin made fun of him and, of course, talked about his sobriety. So, you know, we're still not done with that. Um <laughs> Shorty G and Baron Corbin have kind of made a alliance of sorts. Uh, Corbin beat Gulak. Matt Riddle came out, attacked him afterwards, and Shorty G took out Matt Riddle and saved Baron Corbin. So, hmm. all right. Corbin had talked him up earlier in the night about some barefoot guy coming in here and taking your spot. <laughs> and all that, so that seemed a good thing. Uh, big win for Big E over the Miz. A lot of hope and talk out there about maybe this is the beginning of a climb up the card we shall see what happens there right yeah. now the belt's stuck in a swamp somewhere and we haven't seen the champion since the pay-per-view <laughs> seriously not the best time yes uh, yes those are that's all true <laughs> the thing that so, i yeah, understand not- is why as a show are they conti- are like have they made mention of and we don't know where our champion is or is it just Bray no, just keeps he's, cutting promos in the Firefly Funhouse, like talking about him, like being but, stuck in the dark place. But he's still the champion. Like we're for sure, yeah. we know he's yeah. our. Cha- you would think oh, yeah, that because the this fact week- that he's been stuck into another dimension, the dark place, whatever it is, that that would at least give the show as as a as a company, you know, a, a pause and be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be calling this man our champion. He might be dead. We need to put out search parties <laughs> and get get make sure this body's recovered, if nothing else. <laughs> No, because Bray in the Firefly Funhouse like made known that he wants to be the champion. Like, well, you got <laughs> you had a what chance, arms at, man. Yeah, you uh, had a chance, man. So it's a tough time for Big E to uh, maybe make that ascension. Cesaro and Nakamura as like cartoonish, like bully heels has been mm-hmm. really fun. And this week they made fun of Lucha House Party <laughs> as they were walking away. Nakamura like did a cat imitation, making fun of like Lince Dorado, <laughs> and it just cracked me up. Because Cesaro nice. did this great, like, insulting promo, and Nakamura the whole time is just sitting there, like, making all his mannerisms and stuff, and it just <laughs> it cracked me up as a team. That's a team uh, that, they, like, when they yeah. first were thrown together, I was like, why are you doing this? But then, right. like, the more that they're there, like, they're kind of developing a chemistry that it's fun to watch. Yeah, Sami Zayn's been, like, tweeting about how he's so proud of them for being the tag champions, and, you know, how impressive it is that they all three are champions, because he still claims <laughs> to be the Intercontinental he's champion. He's still the Intercontinental, yeah, of course. Naomi beat Lacey Evans. Uh, we had a mirror action. I don't remember if you've ever, if you've ever seen the OSW. I can't remember which specific show they do the countdown of mirror spots in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but we got one this week with Sonya peering over the shoulder of Mandy while she was putting her makeup on and then <laughs> proceeded to attack her and tried to cut her hair. So. Uh, oh, okay. I thought when you said mirror spot, you were talking about like whenever they would have, because I think it was on a recent one as well, where they had like Undertaker versus Undertaker, and they're like, here's right. all the times that the same oh, fight yeah, no, fought the same no, fight. This is like <laughs> Ultimate Warrior appearing in the mirror at home, yeah. looking in, and like Winter appearing in the mirror oh, when like Gage, you know, those those kinds of spots. Uh, main event: Bailey beat Nikki Cross in a SmackDown Women's Championship match. The post match is what's interesting about this. We had a Nikki Alexa breakdown as Cross shoved Alexa Bliss down post match and stormed away from the ring. So maybe the end of that team. But it was what happened next that was most interesting. The lights began going out. The ominous music of the fiend could be heard. Well, you know, the Uh. sounds. And then he put the mandible claw on Alexa Bliss. What? Choked her out. Yeah. So what started. So now are they. 
I don't know. I have no idea where this is going. Because, like, it's, it just feels like Vince McMahon saw the confusion over her appearing in their, like, swamp match, and he was like, right. well, goddammit, why? Well, we can't have a metaphor. Like, let's, no, bring her in. Like, we should, we should no make metaphors. her a part of the team. But it has to be uh, literal. So I don't know if now she'll be brought she'll into be the fold, maybe. <laughs> or maybe it would be more interesting if Nikki Cross was aligned with the fiend or something i don't yeah. know that's uh, uh, i don't it's gonna be nikki it's, cross versus the fiend in the next cinematic match like to to rescue uh alexa from the swamp alexa and yeah. braun are, are trapped in the swamp and we talk about this stuff and it sounds batshit crazy if you had been following the women's division and impact for the last like year and a half <laughs> this would seem like nothing compared to their dark realms and going into hell to rescue oh. people and Allie dying. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> there's it's that been a whole thing on that side of the thing. So yeah, it feels like they're trying to, they're trying to play catch up here. It's just also another example of the internet. We cry and we scream for so many things we want and things we'd like to see. Yeah. And of all the terrible ideas and pl- things that come up constantly on the internet, the Alexa bliss is sister Abigail thing had been out there for, <laughs> you know, two yeah. years now. Yeah. It had been gone Somehow, and forgotten. <laughs> Somehow, some you know new writer that got hired that had been following Twitter previously to getting the job brought this idea up, and this is what they've yeah. run with. Like all yeah. these things, we want Cesaro as world champion. You know, we we want all these. We want tag team wrestling to be respected. You know, all these things that the internet screams for. But oh no, no, no! We, they give us the Alexa Bliss involved <laughs> in the Bray Wyatt storyline that people have been out there clamoring for. Oh jeez, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> So, we, I, but I, the and the imagery, like the thing that makes me laugh a little bit about it, especially like in my job, also like in the news, is that the ten o'clock news <laughs> comes on right after SmackDown ends. Hmm. So, the last thing that happened, this zombie is choking a woman with like shoving his fingers down her throat, <laughs> and that's like the final <laughs> image we get. Before, because it's instant. It's yeah. you know live, local. Yep. Right? It's, you know, just I didn't thing. think like, about you, that. You're right. You're, you're somebody that doesn't watch wrestling, and you flip it there before the ten o'clock <laughs> news starts, and that's what you see. You're like, what the hell are they uh, doing in professional wrestling? Yeah, and like, of course, like it would be amazing if that night just happened. Like the, the lead story is like some CPR class that was taking place recently, and like you got footage of a guy on a CPR dummy, yeah, or if you had some you know awful you know murderer out there like strangling well, yeah. people that, that would be also not good yeah there's actually killer clowns out there and uh <laughs> <laughs> he's like damn it how do we always fall into these situations <laughs> it's muhammad Hassan all over again oh all right so anything else for current wrestling yeah. no you know i mean wrestling's starting to happen a little bit more independents are trickling out there um gcw's running in indianapolis right now this evening again actually so um They've they've kind of made that their little like second home now. It seems like it's, yeah, it's weird. There's like Atlantic City and Indianapolis. I'm not really quite <laughs> sure how that. I think it's because of the outdoor venues. Is yeah, why, you know, why we have venues yeah, and yeah. we have we have local governments that will allow us to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows. It's actually like I don't know if anybody's you know how hip the governor or the mayor is to the fact that there's like a large <laughs> scale wrestling show taking place. But you know, oh. it's happening. So, yeah. All right. 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Come That's right, Hulk. You can listen to the Golden Age of Grappling podcast any day of the week. But if you're looking for new episodes, you can check out our website, goldenagepodcast.com, or look for us on iTunes. New episodes releasing every... Oh, shut up, you fat! Boy, the little old... Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again.